Welcome to the culture of New York basketball. The metro area is the mecca of basketball in the minds of many. Its iconic brand of streetball is renowned around the world. There's a long list of legends who've come out of these parts, but there's also an even longer list of should-haves that never got their shot. Dribbling Dimes is the happy place for the hoops junkie. This is where the legendary tales and the unknown stories will reside. We'll be speaking with a variety of guests from all over whose ties to the New York game gives them a unique perspective to share. I'm Manny Digital, and along with my co-host Emilio the Poet, we're going to take you off the bench and into the culture of New York area hoops. So lace up and listen to Dribble and Dimes. You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you want to be judged on wood brain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good, I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next and they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy Ice Cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops and prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. He stands six foot ten and hails from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. He earned all Big East second team honors as the center for the University of Pittsburgh. He's played for the Dominican national team and amassed a solid professional career balling overseas in France, Italy, and Spain, including an LEB championship in the 2006-2007 season. A kind-hearted giant and all-around good guy. Up next on Dribble and Dimes, it's Jaime Peterson. We just blessed the mic now. But uh, Jaime, I met Jaime back when I was 16 years old. And uh, the coolest thing about that experience before we get into him and his story was uh, he, out of the kindness of his heart, I mean, we met maybe twice. And on the second time, he, he gave me a, a jersey that he used uh, when he was at the practice. Uh, not the practice. He went to the camp. Dallas for the, for the oh. Dallas Mavericks. I, I had I had that jersey. You okay? There I wore that. I, I wore that. I, lost it. I wore that jersey. I told you I lost it. I wore your jersey. This is thing you got. That's where it's at. Yeah, that's where it's at. So you didn't lose it. He has it. I, he lost Yo, it. But, but, but I found it. But but the most crazy thing about that experience was that was my first glimpse into anything pro. Right when it right. came to basketball. Right. right. So like that was the biggest gift that I probably ever got as far as basketball dope. goes. And it was just on some like, yo, you like basketball? Yo, here's a jersey that I wore back in the practice squad. And to this day, if I put it on, it's probably like a dress to me. But, yo, I stayed with that joint heavy. Yo, so I know you got some jerseys in you right now, man. Because we ain't leaving in here without a new well, jersey. I don't, I don't have none on me right now. But I yo, definitely can bless y'all with some jerseys yo, for sure. Yo, let me tell you something. Let's cancel this podcast. This ain't going to work out for Let's me. go to his closet. <laughs> <laughs> he come out here 16 years later without no damn jerseys. You know, you know what's so funny, though, that um, it's funny that every time I either played or if we won a championship or whatever the case might have been, I always would give my jerseys away. I, wow. I see that. Yeah, That's yeah, dope. I can, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like from that moment, you you put a picture which was in many cases false in my head, which which is, and I'll explain, your kindness is not the norm for people 
that have gone through what you've been through. Like right. the professional like people like you. You don't see that a lot. A lot of cats, you know, unfortunately, they're more I'm the shit versus like, yo, I'm about I, I do my thing, but I, I really care about the people. Like you showed that from jump with me. But you I think that's just a product of my environment when I was coming up. You know, it's like and I and I told you I'm gonna be real with you on yeah, this song. Yeah, please. I, I, unfortunately, I left my house when I was 13, so it's funny that the kid that I was just talking to on the phone, yeah. I wound up moving in with his parents. He was not even in the plan. So, you know, I was blessed, you know, that God put the right people in my path. And so it was always, I don't know what it was. It was like I could always see like God was always like behind me. Like, you know, even if I turned left or right, he was always gearing me. And so... I was fortunate enough to just be around really good people. And so this is how it all came about, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it was more so I always knew basketball was going to come to an end. Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm, I'm, at the, I'm 48 years old, now I'm realizing that, you know what I mean, the generations have changed. And um, we can't really complain about the generations. The only people that can change it is us. So right. If I got blessed, you know what I mean, when I was a kid, when I was going through my ordeals, and so I said the, the only thing I could do to make it better is to actually help. And so I already know we're we not going to be here too much longer, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, what it, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't come into the world with anything, so I'm not going to leave with nothing either, so... Did you leave, did you actually stay with any of the jerseys like as a remembrance of any? <laughs> no, nah, because I'm saying I know you just say you always give them out. So I wonder. Well, well, it's funny. I have one frame at my house. That's my pit one. Oh, okay. okay. And so what I'll do is I'm when I when I go to Dior in February, I'll bring you. I'll, if you want a frame, or I'll bring both of y'all one from Dior. Yo, that, yeah, because I was going to say, you said him, but you, I'm right here. No, you know, so you, you know this comes with two that, or that nothing. That shit will be up on my wall well, for yeah, sure. matter of fact, now I want three. Bunyo, no, no, relax. No, 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 relax. relax. I'm, oh, I'm charging yeah. tax. I'm charging tax. I'm charging tax. Yalo. Yo, that was a little something you had for me earlier. Yo. Well, now, for sure, I definitely... I'll definitely, I'll have something for you. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you mentioned Pitt. Like, I, I want to get there, but um, the the whole, and, and we talked about this before you came on the, on the pod. The whole reason why Dribble and Dimes even started was, you know, my brother and I, Emilio the Poet, we always have these conversations about basketball. I mean, from very little, always. We That was, if anything, that is where we bonded the most. Right. Conversations around basketball, no matter what, right? right. And so... Since that was something that for us was so pure and and fun, just literally spending hours just talking about every aspect of basketball, right. people would look at us like we was crazy unless they was down with basketball like we were. Mm. And so we were like, "Yo, man, like, think it." You know, I'm, I'm brainstorming, trying to figure out, all right, how do we how do we do that more consistently and more often? Right. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, "Yo, the game of basketball in New York." And me having been able and fortunate, you know, to to travel globally, much like yourself, mm -hmm. you see that obviously basketball is universal, but you see that the brand of basketball that is played and it comes out of New York has been different for a long time than a lot of places. Right. And a lot of that has to do with the swagger, obviously the surroundings in New York and all right. that. So for me, it was interesting because I, personally, I know some, but the the documented history of New York basketball. You can't really find. 
yeah. and it comes from so many different angles right. that it's hard to capture. Exactly. So for me and for my brother, it was like, yo, let's do it. Nobody's doing it like that, at least to our knowledge. So right. like, fuck it. Let's, let's go try to figure some shit out and get some people that are cool that can tell us their story. Right. So my whole goal in this episode with you, obviously, I want to hear your story and how the journey took place into basketball, which you kind of started out talking about. But I, I also want to take it to, you know, the other side of the coin, right? So, yeah. like, where you are today right. and what your ongoing aspirations are. No problem. So, who is Jaime Peterson? Well, like, you know, uh, um, my parents, both of my parents, they're Dominican, but I was born here in New, in New York City. Right. And um, my journey of basketball started when I was 15 years old. And... Um, which is late. Which is late, cause I was um my my love was baseball. You know, mm-hmm. being Dominican, you know, yeah. the first thing they push you is to to play baseball. And then I was really I was really athletic when I was younger, so um, baseball was my love. You know what I mean. And then all of a sudden, um, I meet Gordy Winchester, who went to Seton Hall, and um, he was like, "Oh man, you're tall. You know, I'm gonna take you to this uh, boys and boys boys and girls club." It was here in the Bronx. Okay. And it was Julius. He saw me and he was like, Man, this kid, he's tall. I was I grew that summer like probably like four or five inches. Wow. So I just shot it up. But you were always relatively tall compared to your peers, right? At first I was I was I had a decent, decent. height. But it was just that summer that I you know, that I I, I chose to, to start playing ball. I saw that that spurt. I, that spurt and it, it threw me off because I was like I couldn't believe it. I do that much, right. but um, it's funny because once I started to get, I I started just falling in love with it, and it was quick. And then I was like, I'm done with the with the with the baseball, and then I saw she wrote, and then I just started playing in different like leagues, you know, street. You know, I played. I played in Fifty Fifth. Mm-hmm. I played. I remember the first tournament that I played in was um, it was uh, what was what was it called? It was called um. It was in LaGuardia House. Okay. I don't know if that that yeah. was like in one. I forget the street it was, but that was a famous tournament back in the days. It was an indoor court. Yeah. In a basement, small. Oh, wow. So I played in that. Then I remember I played in um, the Millbank tournament. So I was playing with different people because people didn't really know me. So I played against the Gauchos, mm-hmm. the Riverside. So I I, I realized that. There was something there, like, you know what I mean? It didn't take me long to grasp it, the movements. It was natural. I just didn't know the rules and stuff like that. Right. There was guys that were better, but I said, if I keep at this, you know, something could, you know, something, something could definitely give. And so it was funny because um, the young man I was speaking to, with Ronaldo, with his, his mother and his father, they took me in at 13, so at, at 15. So at that time, you know, I'm living with them, but I'm engaged in ball, and that that's what kind of that that's what kind of saved my life was the ball. So I wound up playing in this tournament with um Jay Z's partner OG Juan. OG Juan, yep. Yeah, so nice. I started playing in that tournament 136, and then you could start seeing it. You could start seeing my development, and then I got then I I played in the 55th tournament and um the Rock, Polo Grounds with Rock, the Rutgers when yeah. it was really Rutgers. I mean, I was much older, but you saw it, and it was it was crazy to me because even to this day, when I sit down here, 
I, I can't believe it as I'm as I'm speaking to as you. As you re rethinking yeah, all of that. And when I'm thinking about it. And so then um I um I didn't tell you this. I um so I left Brandeis for I left I went to Brandeis for a year and then at the time I'm staying in this group home because I'm I'm out of my house mm. and then things kind of went into shambles. So I went into the system for a minute. Wow. And so within that, I still kept playing ball. But I nobody really knew, you know, nobody knew what was going on. You know, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta right, do. Right. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like you was promoting, yo, I'm nah, nah, nah. Hell and, nah. I think, and I think that was the reason why all oh, it clicked the way it did. So at the group home, I one Mr. Myers, he he ran the group home, and then the ladies, Mrs. Mrs. She, it was Mrs. Mrs. What was her name? Jones. Oh, the ladies there were like mothers to me, and so they knew I played ball, and so I at get, the, at the group home. At the group home. Wow. So what happened was first I went to Baychester, and I was like, Nah, I can't live in, in the this Bronx. Gym. Yeah, in Baychester, yeah. it's yeah. a group home called yeah. Baychester. Okay. So. I went there, they, that's where they kind of dropped me off. And I was like, yo, I can't really stay up in this group. I'm not really liking the vibe. Mm -hmm. It felt like, like like I was like in a mini prison. Like, yeah. And I was like, nah, nah. So when I went, when I when they changed me from Baychester to Marola, that was by Spellman. Okay. Yeah. So it was like a house. Eden Wall Project. Yeah, right around there. there. Right, yeah. exactly. So it was beautiful because it was like this house. So I had my own room, my, my roommate. And so it was... That, it was in the summertime, the director of the program, he had his own his little basketball team in Long Island. Okay. So he was like, Oh Jaime, we want you to come down and play with us. And so we was on um, we was in Hempstead and he took me, man, and we did the boys dirty. dirty. <laughs> and so they chased me all the way to the train station. Oh, they were that tight. Yeah, they were so tight. So Yo, but what did you do, bro? Yo, we went, I went to work. And so I started seeing, I started seeing, like, this could be something. So I get back, and so the head guy of the group home, which is Paul Jensen, God bless his soul, he's still alive, but um, it was because kind of him, he made things pop off for me. He, uh, there was this school, this alternative school called Glen Mills in, in um, Pennsylvania. Okay. So they were trying to get some kids out of the group, out of the out of the group homes. Kids that they knew... Had some hope. So they had some hope. So he called me down to his office and he fell in love with me. Mm -hmm. So he was like, "We, I think we have something with this kid. So they came in and, and they interviewed me and a couple of other kids and um, I saw the video. It looked like a real like nice prep school, whatever. But yeah. it wasn't that. So whatever, I said, I'm all for it. I'm like, I'm getting mad at it. Yeah, you know, change the scenery. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I said, I have an opportunity... To do something with myself, I think if I stay here in the city, it's just not gonna go too well. Whatever the case may be, but I'm, I'm I jumped on it. So when I got to the school, my um junior Kikeya, they because I was living with them at the time, they um they signed off on it. So I went, and I remember the first night I was at the school, they they checked me, put me in my place. I'm like, what type of school on is this? On some prison shit. Yeah. So I because because oh. most of the kids that were there, they had um. Judicial problems. Okay. But I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I'm going to go to the school. You thought it was going to be yeah, all good. It's what, yo, but look, I yo, if I didn't go there, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Okay. So I went there and, and I, I gripped my teeth. And um, I went there for a year and um, I tried out for the basketball team. And I had great, like, Tom Mann was the coach. But the, the one person that really, like, pushed... For me, so much was my 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 assistant coach Craig Mellinger, 
you know, he, he was amazing, Rico. But Craig was very influential in the whole process of me getting into prep school because that year that I was there playing, that was the first official, like, high school basketball that um I experienced. So I never played high school basketball here in the city, so I played it in Pennsylvania. So what happened was I did very well for the first time. So, um... They, they was like, well, we got to get him into, like, a prep school. So Larry Davis, that was at Oak Hill at the time, okay. he got the job at, um, he got the job at uh, Delaware, the Blue Hens. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of talk was, you know, Circulating, cir- right. circulating a, a lot about me, so on and so forth. So my, um, my counselor, Troy Jackson, I, I love him to pieces because he kept me he kept me grounded. They both kept me grounded. Just the whole Glenn Mills experience kept me grounded. So mm-hmm. I wanted to visit in different prep schools like Brewster, a few other, and um, finally, Greg's like Craig's. Uh, I, Craig had a child at the time, a newborn, but she was she passed. Oh man! So I I never forget that he called me. He said, "No matter what happens with my daughter, I'm gonna get you into prep school." Wow! Oh my God! So oh my I was um I was at all because I was like, "Oh my God!" Wow! Through all of this, yeah, and, and, and he's so focused, <clears throat> and I never forget that. So. My my counselor Troy, I loved him because he was like that big brother. I never, I, I mean, I got a big brother, but he was like my big brother. He yeah. made sure I was good. He went to all the visits with me, and so um, as as strict as the school was, I think that's what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, with that being said, we finally, I finally get into MCI. Yep. And so it, it was crazy though, because to go to school there was twenty five, twenty racks to go there. And what year was that? That was in, hold on, that was, um, hold on, I went to Early MCI. 90s? Yeah, that was like 89, 90. 89, 90. Because wow. I went, because, um, hold on, that was earlier than that. I think it was probably 80, certain. 87? I got to remember, but. Yeah, I mean, you were bouncing it, around. Yeah, I was bit. bouncing around, but yeah. since I graduated in 85, and then I did a postgraduate year at MCI, so it had to be in like 88, 89 around there. Okay. So to make the long story short, Damn, they ex- 20, 20 racks. Yeah, so, that's crazy. So but, I was like, oh, but oh, where this money's gonna come from? Right. So nah, nah, I don't know who paid for it, right. and I don't. So, some anonymous person. Yeah, so hey, thank you. Yeah, whoever yeah, that was. Word, so, anonymous, hit us up. My 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 first year in prep school, man. I'm telling you, man. I I have to talk about him because he was so influential in my life, just in general, being a person, but being a ball player. Cause um I think he he made me the the pro that I am today, mm-hmm. and um one day I'll bring you the article. But um the first year at MCI was I remember there was probably like thirty All Americans trying to make this team. Mm. I'm like this is my second year playing high school ball like, and then I'm reclassing. So I'm like I gotta make this team. Right. So I'm in there and I remember that he um he saw me talking to some girls outside when I was supposed to be inside. Some papi chulo shit. Yeah, you already know how to do it. But I was in Maine. It was different to me. I wasn't accustomed to all that. So he sees me. He's like, all right. So he goes off on me. He said, he, he just went off on me and I was terrified. In front of the girls? No, nah, he called me. He called oh, me in the, to the side. Yeah, but, okay. he, but he, he, he was the type of dude. I remember the first conversation he had with everybody in the GC. In the gym, and he says, "You guys, I don't want you to get too comfortable, but I'm gonna use you like a used condom." <laughs> <laughs> I never forget that. So, that's a hell of an intro. So 
But that's gonna be my new. By the way, I'm gonna say that <laughs> at the beginning of every podcast. Hey yo, this dribbling dives. Get ready to get used. Use like, like a used condom. <laughs> so to make the long story short, he um, I was I realized he was a no nonsense type of coach. Like he was add to, and so the first year, so I made the team, and I was I was I was proud of that. I was like, wow, I made the team. And, and sorry, you're 16 at this point. I'm no, Six, that, seven, I was 17. 17. Okay. And so, um, so I made the team, and um, I was like, "Wow, I made this team!" Because I'm talking about even the PG two team. A lot of those guys could have played on the PG one, but they we just didn't have no room. Mm-hmm. So I made it. But the first year, I used to get in so much trouble because I wasn't accustomed to the whole right. change. You know, being I was really on my own. You right. know what I mean? So it was it was it was a to- like. It was a, a culture tr- shock for me, and then it, you know, it was just, it was just different. So, I had to get acclimated. So I got acclimated by getting in trouble. So I got acclimated because he took a lot away from me. Like since if I would do something that I wasn't supposed to, I wouldn't go on a, on, I wouldn't go on a, on a trip. Oh. I would miss. So I missed a lot of games my my first year there. I remember I used to just wave to the bus. <laughs> And um, he, we talked, we spoke about it the other, like about two, three months ago. We talked about it. Right. And so, with that being said, they um, he was like, I think he needs another year. So I did a PG year. Okay. What's and what's that mean? PG. A postgraduate okay. year. So I think when I did that, oh, it was it was over now. Cause then I had that one year under my belt. I mean, just the training. I'm the training that I I had at MCI. I, Professionally, I never had it because we was practicing at five thirty in the morning, and then we was practicing at three in the afternoon. And this was mm-hmm. like back in the days. I remember dudes couldn't even go in the in the in the training in the training room for nothing. He didn't like soft players. Right. He didn't. He was. I mean, I'm so happy that he he was just in my life because it's just I don't think I would have been the player or the or the person that I am today because it was like, look, whatever you're gonna do, it's not gonna be easy. I have a question because yeah. you you said you walked into the office and I don't know the name of the person that you said felt yeah. like fell in love with you right away to give you your chances. Oh, that was Paul Jensen. Okay, so here's my question. It seems to me right. this is like the taboo. Right. You're coming from the hood, basically, right. Right? Right, right? And then you going into that brand new climate. Right. Do you feel you had like those quali- good qualities of like being humble, being like respectful, coming out of of your environment to theirs? Because it seemed like you did, but I don't. I just want to know, like, you were a kid at that time. I I did just because my upbringing, yeah. you know, it was strong. You know, you know, Dominican parents. Right. So my parents, they were strict. You know what I mean, and so. Even even though I I ventured away from them, I still had that in me though. Okay. You know what I mean? That so that foundation was that there. foundation and I love my parents for that, even to this day. Like sometimes they kinda they look at me and they was like, Man, well, we didn't even know this was gonna map he was gonna map out like this. So right. to me it, it, I think that as much as sometimes we we wanna be like, Oh, it shouldn't have been this way. Why did it have to be that way? Now I'm thankful right. that it was that mm-hmm. way because I wouldn't be able to uh, embrace the experiences that I did come across because, you know, being from New York and going here, there, you know, you could, it could, it could throw you for a loop, and yeah. then you don't know where you can land. That you right. can land. So, right. I think just the upbringing, my parents' upbringing, then me having that, me going to that school, the discipline was always there. Mm. And then when I ran into Max, he ain't, 
he didn't take no crap from nobody. I mean, he was like the headmaster of the school. Right. So, sorry, that's the coach at MCI. That, uh, MCI. What was his name? Max Good. I said was. Like, he's... No, no he's still... He's but he's still, not the coach. Well, the program's no longer... Yeah, it's not. It doesn't right. exist anymore. But I'm telling you, I mean, it, it was crazy because I was telling you before, in two years, I've never experienced this. The first year, we went undefeated and we won the whole prep school <laughs> championship. The second year, we had... Uh, Mike Williams from UMass, George Butler that went to 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 uh, Georgetown. Um, who else we had? Um, we had a couple of other guys. We had Stanley Hamilton that went to Kansas. Mm-hmm. We had we used to call him Boss Man. He's um he went to uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma State. So we were stacked. We had like about fifteen Division One players, wow. and it was crazy because I was telling him. We went undefeated that year, and in the championship, we're losing to Lawrence Moulton, Conzo Martin, and Kenya Hunter, and some other cats. And we was like, nah, 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 we can't. <laughs> we're like undefeated, and you think we're gonna lose? We're gonna lose uh, the chip. The chip today, and we was down twenty. What quarter was this? It was halftime. Oh. And so he comes into the locker room, man, and he he bangs on the actual, like, chalkboard, like, boom, boom, and the, the whole room is fogged up. <laughs> chalk, and he was like, he just was reading this out. I'm not even going to go into what he was saying. And all of a sudden, beat them lines, woke up, and I ha- and by by the 10-minute mark, we was down eight. Oh, my and, God. And that's all she wrote after that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we put that clamp on him, and it was over. So in two years, with two different groups, two different, Different personalities in both groups, and that a coach could get those results. I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah. just just my career in general, I didn't I didn't ex- I didn't expect to experience that. Did I put the work in? Did he push me to put the work in? So, it it did happen, and um, but I'm still at all because I'm like, I never thought I was gonna run into a person like this, and mm-hmm. and even to this day, I mean, when I run into ex players that I didn't even have the chance to play with. The stories is about Jaime Peterson, so it's beautiful that he could actually share those stories about me, and I didn't even have the opportunity to play with those other guys that came after me. So, so your so your coach Max, right? Right. His name. So Max used you as an example for the you know the generations after you that he was able to coach. I I figured that because um like I was telling you, I went to the the Adidas Invitational and the little kid, I forget his name, he played at Miami, little point guard from Baltimore. Uh, It'll come, Norris or something. It'll it'll come to me. Norris? Not Norris Cole. He was in Ohio. That's what I was going to say. Did he have a lot of Oh, he played for the university. I'm sorry, for Miami Heat. No, Miami, the, the University, University of Miami. Oh, okay, yeah, he yeah, had, like, he was from Baltimore. Yeah, I think you know It him. is that Norris. Because no, he, he had mad hair. No, no, no. That, that, not Moochie Norris. That's what I was thinking about. He no, played for Houston Mucci, Rockets. No, no. Moochie played with me in Dominican Republic. Oh, but, oh wow. Yeah, That's he crazy. Played I, me, he played with me in DR or something. But he's not Dominican, right? No, no. Oh, okay. It's just a coincidence. No, we got to get into that. He was playing as an American. But um, it was crazy because he winds up, we're in the middle of... um. I think it was some downtown in um, Chelsea Piers, and we're there. For that invitational tour. Yeah, so I was there with Ricardo Grill, Orlando was there. So a lot of New York ballplayers there. Orlando, Antigua. Antigua, right. So O was there. So I went down with his son. So we went down to see O, but Ricky was there. And then I ran ran into Red Audrey. So a lot of guys that I played ball with, they was like, oh, man, you should be coaching. 
So whatever, we're there, and it was beautiful because it's like I'm in one part of the court and you start seeing everybody coming. So guys that I hadn't seen for like almost 20 something, like 20 something years, we were able to, you know, break bread in that moment. And that brother comes and he goes, Max is on the phone. Mm -hmm. And he's already talking about, you remember this, brother, brother? <laughs> so um, <laughs> I was telling you that he told me something that moved me, though, that I told you. He said um, that he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be here. So I don't I don't like really playing with that. I'll tell you that right now. But I know I'm going to make a trip up there soon because I... I definitely gotta go see my boy. I haven't seen him since I left MCI. Damn. How long ago was this phone call? Did this whole this whole thing take place? This, 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 this was this summer. This summer, okay. So I was at that that that, that Adidas invitation. Wow. So he winds up calling Max and telling him, "You're not gonna believe who's here. Jaime Peterson is here next to me." So he passes the phone to me, and so we start going in, and he just That's like so, cool. so it was just like it's, he touches me like because. I'm telling you, I wouldn't even be remotely the ball player I, I wanted to be in. And I think that if if he was my college coach, oh, I would have been a pro. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know I was a pro regardless of the circumstances. Mm -hmm. you know, I went to a lot of NBA camps. and um, But, well, let, let's, I mean, clarify, because you, you definitely had a pro career. Yeah, you, when you say pro, you're referring to the NBA. Yeah, I, could, yeah. I definitely knew. Yeah. I, could, I mean, if I was sick, it was crazy because when I was at Pitt, my junior year, I didn't really play that much. And, and I always used to sit down with my best friend, with Jerry McCullough, and always say, like, yo, Ice, I think I should have just redshirted that year. Hmm. And he was like, nah, you know, it's, you know, because I felt like I could have played more, but I didn't. So it happened that my senior year, I remember Max sent me a letter, and he says, he said, look, you got to buy into what they, they into, this, into this new system. You know, these guys are gonna be whatever, just buy into it. But the most important thing, I want you to get your degree. And I remember I had that um, letter posted up on my locker, so I would see it every day. Hmm. And um, we spoke, and um, from there, Tom Cream asked me, he was like, look, you, you wanna be the best son in the Big East? And it, and it wound up happening, but since we had the one of the, we didn't have a good season that year because Jerry got hurt. Okay. He blew his knee out. So we didn't have a true point guard. So Jerry, Jerry, Jerry McCullough. McCullough. Okay. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's my best friend. That's oh, my dude. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. So you know, I went to Pitt also because we had a lot of New Yorkers up there. Okay. You know, I got along with Orlando. That's another was, brother. Who was around. the Who was the point guard on your, in your squad that year? Yeah. Andre Orris. He's from He's from He's from Queens. Okay. Yeah. Would so. you say who was the best player? Would you say was it on that, on that team on your team? At that time, I mean, by far, Ice Jerry, mm -hmm. Jerry McCullough, yeah, mm -hmm. by far. You know that was our that was our leader. I mean, I think to this day, if um, if he doesn't get hurt my senior year, we both would have been pros. Wow. Yeah, yeah, by far. Because like, the mean, light would have been shining. Yeah, it would have been because it would have been a different story. A lot. Of, we lost my at Pitt. We wind up losing in the Big East like eleven games by by less than one to three points. That's with him hurt. With him hurt. Mm -hmm. So and, and it was it was crazy because if he's not hurt, I mean the assist to turnover ratio would yeah. just drop completely. So that's crazy. He was you know he I mean he could break a press by himself you know. So a lot of teams knew that we didn't we didn't really have a true a true point guard. I'm not saying that that Andre was not a true point guard, Different but level. he was he was thrown in the fire. And you know what I mean? When you throw on the fire, you can't be experimenting. So mm -hmm. he did well. I mean, 
taking taking that role from who had it before him, he did a good job, you know right. what I mean? So not to take nothing away from him, he did a great job, but it was in Jerry, you know. Mm -hmm. Jerry would have made, I mean, I've seen Jerry carry teams on his back, so wow. you know what I mean? So, I mean, it was what it was, but I know that, and we, and I and, and I also say that if I had to do it again, I would have I would have done it the same way. Yeah, yeah, I would have never. I wouldn't change anything because I think then if I if I start doing that, then I wouldn't be the person I am today. Nah, right. Nah. So so you you got a whole bunch of circumstances that stacked the deck pretty significantly against you in your upbringing. Right, right, like, right. Not upbringing, but like your journey to college. Right, right. Most people would fail, and, and not because of those circumstances, but because in those circumstances. So like a group home, for example. Right. right? The environment tends to be toxic in a lot of cases. Yeah. You were able to find people that had your back. Yeah, yeah, You, yeah, you yeah, left yeah, your house. Yeah. That could easily have gone the other yeah, way, and you true. ended up in a really nice home. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, then, and it's funny you say that, but Junior Kikeja Monte, I got to, you know, those... I was I was talking to his son er, yeah. his son earlier, so like he saw it, and um, I'm thankful. Like even to this day, like those people, like they're like my second parents. Not not taking nothing away no, from no, my glad. parents or yeah, nothing, yeah. but like God just put them in my life. And if I didn't have them in my life, I don't I don't even think I would be playing ball. Period. This, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's an easy street yeah. to oh, to man. crazy town. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean. I, yeah, because that's what I want to know. Like when you went to these. Especially the group home. Mm -hmm. How did you not like flip out or go crazy or let the or let the environment right, kind of dictate your life basically? Cause you know what I'm saying? Cause it was more so like I was already into the the ball. Right. Right. It consumed me. Oh, I so see. So it was just like you became it, addicted to basketball. Yeah, and then it was crazy because I would go to school and people wouldn't even know. Like, I mean. It, it was bad. It was. I remember one time I, I was on a train sleeping. I was like, well, I'm going to go to school anyway. And I wouldn't tell nobody. I was like, well, it's, it's going to all work out. It's not a big deal. So, <laughs> this is what you were saying. Yeah, yourself, so, yeah, yeah it's going to work dope. out. So I said, it's going to... Tell me, tell me, tell me. Just for the visual. You're sleeping on the train. Yeah, it was... I told you I was going to be do something. I felt, if I tell a story for real, like... And then it's just like, I, t I tell you because I, I have this... Connection with you to me, it doesn't really bother me telling you. Like before, maybe I would just I wouldn't give yeah, you feel information. The shame or whatever, yeah. But you know, I don't have to feel the same. I no. think that no, you're not. That, that it propelled me to a place that I'm like, you know, and 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 it's like even I told my parents, I was like, I think that was the best thing I've ever did. To tell them that your experiences of like yeah, I'm sleeping mean, on the train, etc. Yeah, like not even they don't even need to know that. But it's just like because I don't want to. I don't want to. Like even when I see my moms and my pops, like literally, I would I I try to get in their heads and say like, you didn't expect this. Mm -hmm. I know they didn't. Right. So to me, it's beautiful because I could be I could like no, nah, but it's all good. It right. was just part of the plan. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they don't see it like that. Right. And so I do. You know what I mean? They so might I have some regret or something. Yeah, but nice. I don't, and I don't want them to ever feel that. That's right. beautiful, you know what I mean? man. So That's I, beautiful. I, I definitely don't. So. When I when I say it that way, they don't probably understand that. Of course. You know what I mean? So they probably see it like, oh and I think if they weren't the way they were with me, definitely like just being straight. Yeah. You know, you know how Dominican parents yeah. are. They yeah. don't I mean nowadays, you know, they loosen up a little they a loosen up because the system is on a lot of things that you need in your life. You know what I mean? If I don't think my parents were stern with me the way they were, 
mean, like, I would have been a piece of marshmallow, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would have been soft, I wouldn't be, not that I'm, well, in the term soft, I, I, I think I'm a teddy bear within. Got it. But you know, when I'm, if I'm playing something or I'm doing something, I got a lot of passion. Mm -hmm. You may see something, but within there, oh, the heart is soft. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I understand. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I just think that it, it was it was important that I, I just went through all those ordeals and it, and I could see that if I wasn't the way I was internally, I would have never ran into those type of people. Yeah, you beautiful. know what I mean? So it was great. It was on me. And I, I, those experiences, like, they keep me going. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they enlighten me in a lot of ways. And then I say to myself, I, I, I have to do something to help kids in whatever way. You to know, try it, to pay it forward. Yeah, I have to, because it's, I mean, it was done for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of hands that was involved in this in this whole process, so, you know what I mean? You can't you can't sit back and say, oh, nah, I deserve that. Nah, I ain't deserve none of that, right. you know what I mean? But it happened that way, so I'm always thankful for that. That's yo, dope, I man. think that, yo, I'm sorry, man, I think that's super dope. Like, dope. the fact that you can even, even recognize that you had a gift sent to you or you yeah. had these these people reach out to you. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm going to keep it a, a stack with you. Coming from the environments of where you come from, where we've come from, right. where y'all come from, right. I don't. that's not normal for me. That's not normal to see people yeah. like you. Seriously. Straight up and down, is not normal. Right. It's not like, oh yeah, I could, you know, I go to my block right now and be like, right. yo, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. that don't have that kind of quality. Right, right. And I know what you're saying. And I believe me what I'm saying. I know what you're saying when it comes to Dominican parents raising you a certain way. Right. But they still ended up being like whatever type dudes. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like, for you, you recognize that I think that blessing came yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. And it's dope that you even paying it forward. So yeah, yeah. I want to commend you on that. I know so, we ran so off from the tangent. I, I appreciate you sharing that because not just... <laughs> Generally speaking, and this is something I'm, I'm learning as I get older, right. when you speak about things that could potentially have been traumatic to you, right. like those experiences for a lot of people, maybe even for yourself, right. cause some sort of trauma. Right, right, right. But you alleviate a lot of that yeah. as you you know tell that. And it's right, difficult right. to do. Yeah, yeah. But the value that it brings. So like we're in this forum Hopefully, you know, people around the world can be hearing this, and this can touch somebody in a oh, way. Oh, yes, of course. definitely. Because they see definitely. the product. I mean, definitely. You, you Google Hyman Peterson, and you see the love that people have yeah. right. all throughout your career. Right. So th there's a lot to be said about having those opportunities and you taking advantage of them. Right. So, I, I mean, I commend you, and I thank you very much for, for sharing. No, no problem. Yeah, that, that was just something that I wanted to share with you because, you know, there's sometimes that people, you may not say thank you to them. Right. And so this is the opportunity that I wanted to say thanks to all the people that have so much to do with me. You know, being able to do the things that I did professionally or before that. Because they all had, it's like, for example, when you, when you bake a piece of bread, right? There's no grain in there that's better than any other. Mm. They all, so they all have to be one so the, so the bread could rise at the same level. Right. So... Just because I was I was the one playing the ball, but my parents, everybody else, they were all, all piece of that puzzle. So, oh, you know, I'm so thankful for that, that, you know, God was able to put the right people in my life. Well, you know, and, and it wasn't easy, though. And so no, the, definitely beauty, the beauty of it is that, you know, it's all about the journey. It's not about who's stronger, who's faster. It's about enduring it. So this is what life is about. Yo, man, you want to give it up. Give it up for that. Dribble and Dimes. We're only on Dribble Damn. and Dimes. So, I won't come at you for that, for real.
Like we're not, we're not ending it, but that hell no, you ain't going nowhere. Right there, <laughs> <laughs> you might have to edit it. Right, throw so, it in the so back. chapter two. So chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was super dope, man. Yo, so, so, highly, so I mean, you, you touched on a bunch of different aspects so far. Right. Um, is there anything more about your time at Pittsburgh? Because all right, so my brother and I, we went to St. Raymond, okay. right? St. Raymond High School. Orlando graduated Orlando from there. there. Yeah. Um, I never had the pleasure of meeting him personally, but I know the the legend of Orlando, right? His whole, like, he got shot story and, and how he left. Like, he was, especially coming out of St. Raymond's, like, he was, like, the basketball dude out of St. Raymond's when I was there. Right. And so him, Kareem Reed, Terrence Wrencher, right. those yeah, were, like, yeah, the big yeah, names yeah, yeah. that, right. that were mm-hmm. at that time. And... And so, it just, I literally, when we met up the other day, it's when I put the piece together. And I was like, holy shit, you played with him. I didn't know that at the time. Right. right? And then this, Ricardo came after you guys. Right, right. And like, there's a lot of cool cast right. that came through right. Pitt. Right. That's dope. So, I'm sure, you, you know, you mentioned your man Ice. Like, the, the, the history that Pitt has and just your guys' involvement in it. Like, what would you... If you had to condense it all, like what was your journey through Pitt like? Well, I think just I remember my recruiting process. I remember that I was at at a junior college, Champlain College in Vermont. Okay. So I remember that um I was saying to myself, look, I think I'm just I'm gonna sign early. And so at the time, um, I remember I took an unofficial visit to Pitt and um Was that legal? Based on NCAA standards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's okay. You can take, you can take okay. unofficial visits. Okay. So I just went, and um, I remember I remember the, the guys. I mean, it was like a family, though. As soon as I touched down, it was like coming up in the heights. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. family, you know, you move here, you know somebody here. It was just something that I was like, well, we have that in, we have that in Pittsburgh. I don't have to be in New York. I could be in Pittsburgh, right. and it's going to be like this. So I remember that... Uh, I was getting recruited, and um, I was like, you know something? At the time, I, I met a girl at Pitt. This was the one I told you I was going to make my wife, Nakia Travis. Ow! Yeah, so at the time, I met her, and I remember that um, she um, she came up to Vermont, and um, I... Um, Wait, you met her on the unofficial visit? Yeah. She was already at Pitt? Yeah. Okay. And so we was kicking it, and then um, it was crazy because I was like, you know, I'm going to take the, the visit to Pitt. And so I did, and it was great. And I already kind of knew I was going there because yeah. I didn't take all five. So I went to uh, Nebraska where Danny Nee was at, and then Pete Gittin was at um, Xavier when Xavier was stacked, when they had um, um, Brian Grant. Oh, they yes. had Aaron Williams. yes. So when they were stacked, so they wanted me bad, and I remember I was in, I was on a recruiting <coughs> trip with um Charles Jones. Oh, okay. And so Charles tells this story all the time. So we're eating, right? And um, they asked Charles, "What do you think about your whole visit?" He was like, "Oh, you know, whatever, whatever." And then they asked me, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm going to pit." <laughs> <laughs> he, he was trying to keep it yeah, low key. Yeah. He was like, "No, nah, nah, I'm, I'm going to pit. Right. I'm going to pit." I mean, I didn't. So I didn't take that other two visits because I was like, "They're gonna wind me and dine me." But in all reality, I gotta get. I gotta earn my spot. Right. So I already know. I knew the foolishness already. I mean, they're gonna wind you and dine you, feed you for two days, this, that, whatever. And then you. It was redundant because you could see it. Right. That was that was what everyone was doing, yeah. you know what right. I mean? So 
I, I wind up going back to Pitt again. I went to go see... Hold on, hold on. What was their reaction when you said, I'm going to Pitt? Oh, he bugged out. <laughs> what was that? Hey, what did he say? He coach. turned red. Yo, like, how did you know? Yo, <laughs> yo, yo he turned red. He, they were like, what do you mean? I was like... Yeah, that's what No it one's is. ever said that I'm in the history I'm, of this. I'm, I'm done. You actually take me out of the circus, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I already knew when I went to Xavier because Jose Rio, he um the Dominican pitcher, uh-huh. he was he was real cool. We was real cool with one another because when I used to play in DR, he used to come see me, and um they knew I was cool with him, so they try to have oh you know Jose. I'm like listen, I'm not coming. Here. Right. I didn't see myself at Xavier. Right. You know what I mean? It was a small school. You know, it was they, you know it was a good program. Yeah. But I wanted to always play in the Big East. You know oh, what I mean? I was okay. always a Big East guy. Right. And, and can you? I mean, growing up here Seeing in the eighties, Ewing bro, and all that. Ewing, yo, I used dog. to Chris Munn, Coleman, yeah. Jackson. Yeah. It, was, it was beautiful. And so I wound up going to Pitt, and um, oh, it was amazing, man. If I had to do, I wish I I would have went there for four years, mm-hmm. and things didn't work out that way, but. The two years that I was there, I was the love was the cement of everything. Mm-hmm. We all loved each other. To yeah. this day, we all... You're all tight. Yeah, we're all tight. We may not see nothing. We may not see each other often, but, like... And then I was the super... The super corita, like... <laughs> I was the... You know what I mean? I sparked that. <laughs> the spark, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if we went to student union parties. I set it off. I remember we had a... We was in, we was uh we was uh, I never forget we had a uh what was the name of it a, a talent show mm-hmm. and uh, we came in second because someone because one of my boys was uh, rapping so me you know Oliver Antigua uh-huh. yeah, he was the yeah. other dancer and I was the other dancer <laughs> remember the purple remember when the tassel leather jackets was yeah. out I had a purple one talk about talk about yeah footage of this yeah, video to see you better go find that footage I need to get that yeah. footage you know what we can recreate it too. We'll find nah, some Yo, yeah, we're gonna recreate this shit. Yeah, yeah, those are done. Yo, but it was so it was amazing. I remember we we could have won the whole thing, but one of our boys, he had a 40 bottle on stage. Oh and, my and, god. And then a fake and then a fake gun. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so we the NWA did Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. But we wind up coming, we wind up finishing in second. So it was great though. It was great. That's so wait, so you was you weren't rapping, you were dancing. No, I was the dancer, yeah. That was, that was, that was, that was more. Heavy D and y'all were the boys. Yeah, yeah. But it was um my uh my my experience at Pitt was amazing. Even though we had the transitioning of the new coach, we always even with the new coach coming in, when Evan was there, when Coach Willie came, it was great because um regardless of what what was going on, we was always tight. So so that that right there, you hit it on the head, like the culture. Right. The culture sustained even through that transition. Right. And so that's what I feel is so vibrant about, even to this day, where a lot of people will say New York basketball culture is very different nowadays. Right. Which I think is normal as generations evolve. You right. have differences. But the culture, for the most part, is still something that's different than other places. Oh, right? of course. Of yeah. course. And so, and so that, like, the compet like, and I mentioned this to you, like, we, and I said this in the last episode too, but it, it just... It's so crazy to me how competitive the younger generation is right now. Say what you want about how they, what music they listen to or whatever, right. but like, yo, we were at St. Raymond's for New York versus Philly tournament. Right. Yo, every sophomore, junior, seniors, all of them cats, the camaraderie, the competitiveness, like right. it was just something 
this and special energy right. that came out of that, mm-hmm. and and you know you hit it on the head, which is something that grabbed you. Why you gravitated to Pitt? Yeah. But you also, I think you mentioned this, but there was a very significant New York vibe. Yeah, yeah across yeah, that yeah, team yeah. as and, well. Yeah, and, and it was great because most of those cats was real cool cats. Like they was humble. You know what I mean? No one acted like they were. And we was all tight though. It was. It yeah. was I can't really explain it. We was all tight. You know, if something popped off from one of our girlfriends, we was already gonna hold down the fork. Nah, you know, you know what I mean? So we had each other's back, you know what I mean? So it was it was, you know, it was um like I said before, if I if I had to do this again, I would go right through pit, you know what I mean? That that they don't embrace ex players like they should. You know, like to be honest, like I was telling you before. That whole that whole new Dominican stuff, I don't want to say, but I had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So to see that there's no more Dominican ball players coming to pit, it's sad though. You yeah. know, so wh- where did that end? You know what I mean? So I would love to do something like that for somebody. Like you know what I mean? Develop like I told you, I'm starting to do that now. But um, it was just it was so sad that you know what I mean. We started that. And then you see the Ricardo Grizz, the Ronald Ramones, and like even Ricky, Ricky did his thing at Pitt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember when I was at Ricky's house and he was like, oh, huh? Wait, for, for the listeners, Ricky? Ricardo Grizz. Grizz. Right, so I remember I was in his house and he was like, I'm going to Pitt. <laughs> so I'm like. Off the strength of y'all, right? Yeah, like, so because yeah, I, was, was, I, was, I was always in his house. Right. And um, I used to get a haircut with the same barber, so we became really tight. So... You know, he looked, even, I told you the other day, he was like, I'm so thankful that he was, he was in my life at an early age. That's you know, so those are, those are my little worlds, them kids, you know, because yeah. they, they, they trusted, you know, if I told them anything, they took it to heart. They knew I wouldn't lead them wrong, you know what I mean? So it was great just to see him go there and just do what he did, you know what I mean? And then Ronald came after, you know, Orlando was coaching there at the time. So it was good, though. It was just, um... It's sad that now that you look at it, you you we we started something like that, and then it really took me a year. It took wow, me. I, I did I did that in one year because I um that's when I had my I had my senior year. That's when I really blew up. That's when I finished. I was second team all Big East, but I was telling you because of the losses, it oh, wouldn't right. even look good if they would have put me first team. First team, but the numbers was for that because I averaged fourteen, ten. And two. Mm. Wow. So you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, like, the stats for it. The stats was there, but you know what they're gonna really look at is the record of the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, whatever. So that's here and all there. But I mean, the experience. I mean, my last year at Pitt, we had the fifth, the fifth best recruiting class in the country. Mm. Wow. Having the, the having so to 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 put the icing on the cake on the question you asked me before, what was the glue? of me going to Pitt, yeah. it was the love. So we have Vontigo Cummings, he came there, Rick, um, Vontigo, Mark Blunt. So those two guys went to the pro. Yeah. So Kelly Taylor, so with, with the team we had, even though we didn't, we didn't do, on paper we didn't do well, but the love we gave, you know, the love they felt when they went there, you know, a lot of those kids signed because of that. That's dope. You know I mean? Yeah, you yeah. basically paved the way. You yeah, was a pioneer. Yeah, yeah, so it was. It was. Um, it was great though. It's just like a lot of people don't. 
you know, a lot of people don't really think about it. If love is not a part of the equation, it doesn't. It's like I tell a lot of people when, and I and I speak to young kids. I said, look, when you go into school, you gotta look at it like this. And I'm sorry that people don't get offended, but it's pure slavery because you're getting the scholarship, but you're really getting the scholarship to maintain that person's job. So he's really bringing you in based on, like. I'm gonna be able to uphold this job if I can glue all these pieces together. Mm -hmm. But in all reality, is they're really loving that. You're not really giving me a scholarship because, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like for, I, good, for, for my well own, yeah, for my yeah. own well-being. It's like, all right, I'm gonna give him a scholarship because he does that well, and so he may behave well. Right. I don't know that, but they say he's a good kid. Hey, everybody! This is Amelia the poet, debuting my spoken word poetry book. I'm a poet, and you know it. Volume 1. As one reader called it, it's the best I've read since Maya Angelou. So come, see what all the fuss is on I'm a Poet and You Know It, Volume 1. Available on Amazon.com and via Instagram at Emilio underscore the poet and on Facebook at Emilio the poet. Thank you much. Doodaloo! It's so... You know, it's like when I talk to kids, I'm like, look, I've been through so much with this basketball that I, I don't need to hide those things to kids. Like, right. you know, like, I need to tell them, look, look, whenever you go to a school, you got to know when you go there, you got to be the best person. You got to be the best student. And you're going to you're gonna have to be the best athlete that you can be while you're there and be a team player. Because if, if you can't do those things, you're not going to be there. Right. Period. There's no point. They're not going to bring you there, and they bring you there for that. And so if you in your mind, you don't think those things, and then you don't live them out, and now it's just different. Now, now they give you a year. They 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 give you, they sign you to go to school there, but then I guess they, um every year they... Uh, they can choose to renew you. They, they renew, renew your... Uh, your scholarship. So if you didn't live up to expectations, like back in the days, I didn't know that. Yeah. So back in the days, you, if you signed somewhere, you were there, right, for the four phone. years. Right. So whether your ass was on the bench or whatever, you take the coach off, he couldn't get rid of you. He was there. So I now it's different. That. Yeah. I did yeah, not yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. Now it's different. Yeah. So so you you actually bring up an interesting <clears throat> vantage point about the game, you know, college game and like how how it it's similar to slavery. What would you say about the stat, the state of college basketball now, where you know there's there's this movement to try to get kids paid and all that? Do you think that's a pro or a con? I think, I mean, they make so much money off just TV yeah. that you might as well. I think that you should do what you should do is so people don't get offended. Are you just gonna do it for every college athlete, or you're just gonna do it for basketball? Right. Because it point. depends on the revenue, you know. Right. It's because it's really based on revenue. I so, so if if you're looking at a Big East team, a lot of Big East teams, they make. For example, the reason why the Big East broke up it was because basketball was the revenue. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, football wasn't. Mm -hmm. So they was like, well, we need. We got these big stadiums. We get. So they broke, and then it was one of. It's probably the best league in in college basketball by far. If you can play in the Big East. 
you're a pro. Mm -hmm. right. I don't give a damn what nobody said. Mm -hmm. You're a straight pro. You still think that's true now? Of course. Okay. I mean, but the Big East has changed now. It's yeah, not, it's changed. It's broken up. But you see who's winning. Villanova's yeah. Villanova. I mean, they, we got to keep it official, yeah. though. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they, they got to break something that... They got to break up something that's good. I, I do agree with you. I think it's always... Prestigious has always been legendary. Yeah. Like, every time you turn around... Big East is always we in the mix. Always, yeah. we always. always in the mix. Always. I don't care what you say. There's names for days. It's a good point. Always. So, my thing is with this is just that. All right, <clears throat> if it's gonna be basketball, but then people are gonna feel it with. Oh, why only basketball? Yeah. So if you're gonna do it, right? Do if it. you're gonna do it, if they went there for whatever amount of years, you give them a certain amount. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You you can't touch this. Till you get to this age, right. you know what I mean, right. and you have it there. Cause I mean, you gotta think about it. Imagine if I would have went to school and I had to look. My brother went to Cornell and Harvard. Mm. Wow, mm. you know what I mean. So, right? Well, I, I I think he got part, partial, but I know he the the the, the Harvard stuff was um. Taking care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a scholarship for that. Yo, but but so, if it wasn't for that, bro, that's a tough cookie. But just imagine me going to prep school. It was 45000 for two years. I don't know where that money came from, right. but I didn't disappoint him. Right. Then I said to myself, if I do get this um, college scholarship, I definitely can't disappoint nobody, or more so myself. Right. So you got to look at it like... If you don't have the abilities and you can't recognize the abilities within yourself and you want to go and pay to go to school, mind you, you've been going to school for free this whole time. Right. And then all of a sudden you got to make this transition that I want to go to this school and I got to pay. But I, my parents don't have the, the money to pay for me to go to school, and, and but I want to go to school. So they set you up. Me here, man. Mm. They're like, oh, you got to take out some loans. Thirteen yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> yo, yo you're talk, you talking to a cat that's still paying them joints. Yo, but let me Yo, my UMass money is still <coughs> long, kid. Yo, I went to I went to so I went to UMass. Obviously didn't play any ball. Uh recreationally killed it. Oh, did you? No, I didn't. I, I, but I gotta hype myself up. Yo, but I'm I'm still sizing you up though. Yo, I'm but check this out. Take I'm this sizing out. you up. I go I go on campus <laughs> last year. Right, I go on campus. It was like five years before. I try to go back on my little pilgrimage because I really appreciated the yeah. time I spent out at UMass. Um, and I'm walking around the campus, and I see all these luxurious buildings popping up, and I'm like, "Fuck me!" Like every dollar I send you, motherfuckers, here it is. And I can't, yo, the buildings when I was there, old and decrepit. So you had the two projects, right? You lived in the two projects? <laughs> nah, nah, Southwest? Nah, I didn't, I didn't live out there. Now, I knew not to be there because I, I wasn't playing ball. So I had to do the academic thing heavy. Right, right. I stayed up in, in, like, they call it Sylvan. It was right. up in, like, where the engineers were. Because okay. I started out as a computer engineer. Okay. And then had to switch up. But, right. nah, but that's where all the parties was. Really? Was I know that. I know that. <laughs> that's a big party school, man. Yeah, yeah Zoomass back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to piggyback off what you finished just saying. Um, I do agree with it depends on the revenue that the particular sport at the particular school. Exactly. So that's how they divvy it up. Because I've had this conversation off here with, uh, with friends, and they would be like, yo, are you going to give it to everybody football? I'm like, yo, like, it depends on the school. It depends on what they're getting. Because but I, I, I like what he said, though, what Jaime said. Like, if, if you. You you situate an amount and then you 
put a target date against it. You're like, yo, when you get to this milestone, then you can get that break. What do you mean? What do you mean? So, for example, let's say you play whatever at Pit. I played at Pit, right? And um, two years. You two years, and then you based it on if they want to base it on what did you do in those two years? Like I played, I'm in the top in the 100 best players that I played at Pit ever. So yeah, That's so dope. if if we want to base it on that, I must have <clears> did something, right? And so. Then other cats, whatever, Charles Smith, whatever. But so let's say just so people don't, like, people don't, like, for example, I, I always say this. The one thing that that brings in jealousy and people feel a certain way, it's like, for example, if you go to class, right, but you're a shy student, you're a introverted, you don't, you don't do well in groups, and I wouldn't even put a, a, a great system. My thing is for them to understand oh, the material. Got it. Right. So, so, so now, that shouldn't count against him because of that, right? Right. So if you're going to give somebody something, whether they play it or not, with all the money the universities make, right. just give them the same amount. Yeah. You mean all across the board, everybody gets the same Yeah, stipend. just give. So if, if Charlie did his thing in his era, and you just, oh, so whatever you guys know is a good amount, then you guys are not going to suffer because they don't suffer. Right. No, they won't no, suffer. So that's what no. I'm saying. You give those guys that amount, and then you say... At this particular time in your life, you can take that money and use it. Right. You know what I mean? Listen, let me say something to you guys, all right? Because, I, you know, I feel really like we trying to, like, feel bad for the NCAA. No, I don't feel bad. No, let me tell you something. The they make billions of freaking dollars, man. Cough it up. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel bad. And let me say this real quick, and this is really where I'm at with it. The real reason I got even into this conversation originally was because of football, right? right? A lot of people I've met over the years was like broken up by the time they graduated because they broken knees, yeah, ankles, their backs. True, so it's not like regular whatever. So even though they move on to their lives, they never really move on like right. you and I because they're broken up. Their right, bodies right. are not the same. Right, right, so right. what do they have to show for it you know, if not for at least a stipend, you know what I mean, no, or no. something. No, I you know? think they should bread them up. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And I feel like, yo, like, and then I'm going to cross over. Jalen Rose uh, on TV on ESPN, ESPN, he mentioned something like he would have to, like, sell little, like, Nintendo cartridges or, or some craziness like that. And I'm like, yo, bro, this guy went to the freaking Michigan Wolverines. This guy was, like, a known dude. And you and you make him, yo, they were selling, like, figurines off the of the Fat Five and the, the jerseys. Come on, bro. Like, wait. Time out t-shirts. Come on. Chris like, yes. Like, they milked the cow, bro. They milked. So, my point, though, whole thing is that's why I say it's slavery yeah and right. so this is what it is so for example with all these allegations about these major teams mm -hmm. this is what's gonna happen if for example a lot of that stuff that happened with um, Michigan State that yeah. shit is thrown under the rug right so this is what they do it's like for example you take Europe they got the champion league right mm -hmm. if they don't have Madrid Barcelona they don't have um, Bayern Munich and these teams, these are the teams. So all that, all that money is what move, is what move, is what moves things. So mm -hmm. the same thing with these programs. If they see that they start hitting these programs hard mm -hmm. for the stuff that they do, mm -hmm. the then it's so collapse. so it's gonna collapse. You feel yeah. me? That makes sense. So it make so that's what people don't see. It's gonna collapse. So now, that's, that's so crazy. now, so look, let, let me tell you something. <laughs> it's funny we talked about this, right? The truth is simple. And it's not where everybody's, it's not in the direction everybody's moving. So the truth is where you're going to see five, six, seven people 
and what's not true, you're going to see thousands of people just flocking. You're going to be like, yo, everybody out there was. And you don't even know where you're going, kid. Right. So it's the same thing with this. It's just they know that if they hit too hard, it's going to shatter. It's already at the point of shattering. And it's it, they're so close that they're like, no, this, we got to get a hold gotta of chill. this. Yeah, we got to get a hold of this. So now they're trying to bring down the hammers of certain people and so on and so forth. But they're the real... So, for example, you want a kid, right? And you know, right, that the kid... He, he he's in a in a condition that for him to go to your school nowadays, you gotta wet their pocket, mm -hmm. cause now they know how crooked it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they condition now. It's right. So it's funny. The other day I'm in the juice bar, right, and this judge comes in, right, and so we we told him, look, we right now we're not accepting credit cards, cause guys, you know how they come with fake credit cards yeah, at home. So scams, we yeah. the scam. So we said we shut it down for a little bit, but we'll be back up in a few. And um, the guy goes, imagine if the guy that, that, that's doing that in this juice bar comes up in front of the judge, in front of me. What do you think I should do? I said, well, this is what I think you should do, right? This is what I think you should do. Where do you think he got this from? Right. Where do you think he got this from? Right, right. You guys. Right. He got it from the system. <laughs> so what you're going to do is let him go. He got it from you guys. What do you mean? What's gonna happen? What, what did the judge tell you? Yo, he just looked at me. He was like, "You always gotta." I was like, "Yo, it's just, my brother." You I set mean, him up. I, yeah, you set him up for the kill. For example, I remember when I was a kid, the cable. Remember the hot box? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mano, Everybody had hot box. Yeah. You know what I mean? I allegedly. Everybody I allegedly had a hot box. I know what he's talking about. So I know what he's talking so about. So I'm, I'm, yo, so I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, look. So how do you think? That hot box became a hot box. Right. Somebody from within leaked something leaked out. Yeah. Mm. Set it up. Message. <laughs> so the whole thing is a leak. So they're not. The, they're gonna. It's like with everything. If I if I could put a patch on it and not let you know that it's happening, because somebody's gonna open their mouth. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny they put all these stipulations, all these uh, rules, like oh you can't give the kid this. You can't. I remember if my if I when I was at Pitt, they was. I mean, I ate, but I mean, once the cafeteria was closed, my mom's ain't had no bread like that. So it was just like, I, I, luckily I had a girl that. So you throw down. Yeah, yeah, she was good though. You know what I mean? So she, if I needed something, it was cool. But I'm like, you in school? Let's say you had a four year school and, and you come from a a background home where your parents, want, your mom's is working, but your father doesn't work. Yeah. And like, how you think this? And you got other brothers and sisters. No, you know what I mean. Right. So you gotta to go think around. about you gotta think about that. And so a lot of people, they just it's just straight slavery, dude. Yeah, just straight. When you really look at it, and then it's funny. Look, when we talk, it's funny. I'm gonna mention it. I get so pissed off when I talk about Pitt because the stuff that I did there and the other cats that followed behind me, like they don't even embrace us, though. They don't even know that you guys the exist. university just they, yeah like they don't embrace us like do they do you even have your jerseys hung up anywhere around there I don't know if they you know but it's just like it's funny because they don't have none of that so my thing is like I don't really care too much about that I already know what I did at Pitt yeah so yeah. I'm good with that but just like they don't they don't they have that cohesiveness with what maybe with some players they do but the guys that came after these other guys I'm like well Charles Smith he played all right. 
Big deal. Yeah. I mean, what's the big deal? Yo, can I ask you a question? Like, because this is... I see what you're saying, but I feel like there's a couple of things in play when it comes to that, in my opinion. I don't know this for a fact, but you're going to fill me in. For example, let's say the president of the school, right? right? I don't know if the president from the time you've played to now, they've changed, right? So I'm assuming that there's a lot of different people in place to where they affect that kind of power, that kind of change. My advice, maybe, is that you get the group, as many formed uh, (laughs) alumni that you guys have, And just like yo, and like yeah, like yo, like send them one or letter. Just roll up on yeah, campus. Or be like yo, like no, no, and it sounds like maybe because no, and I really think that that because sometimes, sometimes people are just not they don't just they don't know. Yeah, like right. it could be a dude that came out of I don't know Kansas. He don't right. know shit about Pitt or right. you or whoever because right. right. he's just doing his job, getting right. his money. Right. And but there's a history there. Right. That if if at least y'all reached out, right. you know what I mean. Even if y'all y'all rejected initially, at least y'all like right. y'all putting in your, because I think you you should be recognized. And it's not just for you; it's for those people behind you yeah, that you've already cool. affected. But that gives you that stamp right. of approval, like yo, oh yeah, that's what we was talking about. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, cause we gotta dig you up in Google, but yeah. it shouldn't have to be like nah, that. And it's and it's, it's why because I, I see these other <coughs> programs like if um. The North Carolina, yeah, and you see it. You see that they embrace their former players, yeah. <laughs> and like it's funny though. The other day I went to a pit game, right, and the dude saw me, and I don't know if he was there when I was when I was there, but he recognized me right away. I was sitting with Brandon Knight, and, oh, nice. like, and I was saying what's up to the secretary, Beth. She's real. She's so cool. She's a sweetheart, and um. I'm like, yo, so I was like, Beth, I need some. So I guess the guy saw me standing, and I didn't have no pig gear on. <laughs> so he was like, Beth, um, let me know what's his size. I'm like, yeah, lace me up. Bro. You know what I mean? Lace me up. I did a lot for this kid. You know what I mean? Like, it should be a problem Like, if I need some gear. You know how many kids I'm saying? Yeah. That's what's up. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's like, it's kind of whack, like, you you bought me here, but then now that I'm done, you drop me like an egg. But 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 it goes back to what you were saying earlier about scholarships, man. Like it's like yo, but you're there, you're there to make them look good as much as you can because you can do a job you. and see you later. Hey, man, that's what it is. Yo, so I think I think the new head coach is um, Jeff Capel, right? Capel, yeah. yeah so Duke. I I bet you he he seems like. The type of person that could make that change. But it's funny you say that because I called Beth and I was like, Beth, what's up, the secretary? And I said, Yo, how's how's the situation with you? Oh, I'm good. I'm gonna be here. Mm. But he, I know he would love you, Jaime. I think, yo, yo, I, go, reach I out, him, reach out. I don't know him from a campaign. Yo, but reach it, out. He seems to me like that kind of person. Reach yo, out, yo, so reach I'm out. Definitely, I'm definitely gonna do that. Yo, reach out, yo. Yeah, I'm a dribbling dimes is gonna reach out. No, no, not only that, and we going to that game with you, bro. And so, all three of the listeners that are listening oh, to us. And I want my jersey. I want my jersey. I want pit tickets. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yo, I look good in Pittsburgh, you, you know? That blue joint? What? Yo, I look good in Pittsburgh. Of course, of course. Yo, but wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> so we kind of getting off track. I, I want to talk about, so you, you finish at Pitt. Right. What was the next phase of your basketball journey? Well, so the after I finished at Pitt in 95, this is what blew my mind. I was like, damn, I'm... I'm done. Mm-hmm. So Tom King was like, look, you got a lot of... Because he was my assistant coach, Tom oh, Cream. Tom Cream, okay. You know, that was 
that was Dwayne Wade's coach at Marquette. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, dope. So he was my dude. So That's dope. When it came to my, like, after my season was done, I, I played, well, I played uh, at the NNBC All-Star game at the Final Four. Okay. And um, that was in Seattle. And um, it was cool because out of the 20 players there, 15 of them went pro. So I was always like baffled by that, like how I'm not. And yeah. Like, so I was always yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever. So Tom was like, "Look, man, a lot of people are calling me about you, blah blah blah, this and that." So I went to uh, Portsmouth. It didn't go well because I just had a bunch of gunners. Mm. Yeah, I have dudes just, and then I saw and you. It. You were back to the basket, defensive yeah, dude. Yeah. Right? So you know, I could score down low, but it was it was just crazy because I think if I would have been on a team where. Um, Guys were more. They they played together regardless of 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 the spectrum we were in. Yeah. Because there was a lot of every NBA team was there, wow. and so to me, I was like blown a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, yo, what's going on? The agents are trying to get like, it's, it's, yo, this shit was a me market. Mm. <laughs> it was like slavery. Be like, all right, so at the next to get, level. on the next level. So this is what I'm telling you is is it's not an easy task, B. You got like these dudes just like salivating for you and you're like, yo, like shit is weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So whatever. I didn't expect it. So I was really like in awe about the whole thing. Like, yeah, whatever. I thought you were saying you were in awe about the caliber of people around. You're talking about the flow of the whole thing. Yeah, like, yeah, like oh, everybody's is... looking at like, oh, I gotta, I gotta impress this dude. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to play ball, right? And it'd be cool if I could play ball with these guys that I never met before, because right. mm -hmm. I've done it before with other guys and I've done well. But it was that was not the case. Not the, yeah. So the case was like, damn, dude, these dudes is going dolo, and they're all for self, yeah, for selfs, because they really trying to. So I was like, whatever. So I wind up signing with this agent, um. Uh, I started, guys took out of um, Boston, Jewish dude, because I was like, I, took, I told you I wanted to go small, whatever. Yeah. But the one I should have signed was with Bill Duffy. That was Jay Kidd's Jay agent. Jay Kidd's agent. So I wound up signing, signing with him, and I wound up going to um, my first year to Gravelines in the north of France. Oh, man. Who? Yeah, yo. Ooh, ooh. No, yeah. Ooh, oui. Parlez-vous français? Parlez-vous français? Not even a little bit. <laughs> so it was crazy because my roommate was James Scott. He went to St. John's. Okay. He played with Philippe, the other wing player from uh, Patterson. Okay, He okay. went to school with Tim Thomas. Oh. So yeah. it was it was great because I had him, but like just the experience there was like, yo, if, if I could finish this whole season here, and then the team was horrible. Like, we were in last place. Trash. But, yeah, but, but I did well. Done. I did well. And that was the year of the lockout. Okay. So I got to play against George Mirasson. Oh. oh yeah, he dunked it on me like about 10 times. I looked like a little <laughs> kid hanging on his on his waist. One time he dunked it on me. I was like, yo, come on. That's not even fair. Like, <laughs> Wait. Was it like nuts in the face type of shit? Whoa, boy. Oh, he was disgusting, man. I was like, oh, that ain't cool, bitch. Yo, Eastern European nothing to face. What? Homeboy, yo. And then he was, <laughs> yo, yo he, was the, he was the coolest dude, too. Remember oh, saying? Yeah, dope. he had touch. He was mad cool. And um, it was, I remember, I was like, my roommate was like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm like, well, you can leave. I've already been here that long. I'm not going. I'm going to finish it out. So I wind up finishing out, and it was good. And then that following summer, San Antonio, Invited me to um summer league at the at the um, Rocky Mountain Review, mm -hmm. and um I told you I let that in, in rebounding by minutes, so it was great. And then Dallas bought me, and then I was the last cut at Dallas. So when That's I what you were with Jamal Mashburn, Jason Kidd, 
um, Jimmy, ja- Jackson. Jimmy Jackson, and then um, then my big brother George McLeod, the shooter. Nice. Then um, my boy D Harp. Then um, Derek Harper. D- yeah, who else? You used to D Harp lent you his whip. Oh, daddy, I was flossing though. Back. <laughs> Yo, he gave Tell me that story. Drop stop. He gave me a drop top Mercedes. I was driving his um. Remember back in the days, what was those trucks that were uh? Hummer. No, nah, it was not a Hummer. It was the Land Cru- the Land. Land Rover? The Land Cruiser? The oh. Land Cruisers? The PT Cruiser. The yeah, the t- yeah, I had yeah, the black. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that. I was, I was just doing my thing, though. <laughs> and um, they just had love for me, though. I felt like I was a vet. But you know that he connected with me. That's yeah. all it was. It was more so look. And it was funny because dudes was hating. What, on the team or what? in general? Well, you because understand, it's camp. It's camp. But and he's connected with you and you and I yeah, and like, barely yeah, on the team. I mean, I mean, I'm not even on the team. I, was, I wound up getting cut. The last week, right. but um, before that, like I remember, like if we had to meet in the airport, I wouldn't go because there was a there was a van for everyone that didn't have a car. So Harper's like, "Yo, pops," because he used to call me pops. <laughs> he was like, "Yo, here's the keys. When I need the car, you bring it." Well, I was chilling, be and and it was cool. Like it was not a big deal. Like I wasn't flossing, and I wouldn't even pull it out. You know, right. if I was gonna go somewhere. I would go for the but, shorties, not for the shorties. Nah, I, was, I mean, we went to a couple of spots. So like, you know, I pulled up. You know, that young came out of me quick, and that and I think that's what it was too. They um, they loved that I kept it always New York. You know right. what I mean? And it was cool. It was no, but the vets they really loved me. My big brother G, I love him. He he was very influential in my life. Just. When I started my, my pro career, because he, he was always there for me. You saw George McLeod. Yeah, he always like. If um when I came from Europe, I would always go up either to Dallas. I always had the keys to the pad. That's no, dope. that was my that's, safe haven. Be so, that's so dope. Yeah, I love that dude. So make that's sure so you are, you are. We get big that. Him up. Yeah, big him up. That's sure. my. Yes, George McLeod, sure. man. Sure. That's my. That's what's up. That's that's my big brother. When it through all, when things got thick, you know what I mean. I remember I, I got released from the CBA because a couple of guys um got cut. Because that year before, they won the championship. So Chanel Scott and Ty Linderman, I guess they got released. Mm. So they brought me in. And the coach, one thing I could, I could say about Tyler, he kept it he kept it official with me. He was like, Jaime, as soon as we get an opening, we'll um, call you back. We'll call you back. And so I was just going through a lot of things at the time because I was like, and this game is so dirty, though. Mm. There ain't really no loyalty in this shit, mm-hmm. though. None at all. Like that's why a lot of people don't really understand that that part of it. It's like it's real dirty. It ain't it ain't as as genuine and as clean as you see it. You know Yo, what I mean? And I wanted to ask you about that because it felt like you got cut from Dallas. But do yeah. you feel like politics played a role? Well, like I was telling your brother with this agent though. So when I got cut there, you know when you when you in something that you don't really, not that I didn't feel like I belong. But I'm like, yo, this is happening with me, so I'm, I'm in it, like, but like, wow, like, nah, like on a cloud, yeah, like yeah. on a cloud. So, I, I was telling your brother, I never forget, I'm, I'm balling though, and I, I'm seeing guys getting cut, I'm seeing guys getting cut, leaving a physical, cause they do a thorough physical, like they'll know if you had an injury like a year ago, two years ago, they was cutting dudes off of that. That's crazy. So they, they touch the court. Yo, they don't even touch the court. So I remember Fred Roberts comes in. I'm like, this dude doing 
I I don't care either because I'm trying to get at him too. Mm-hmm. So whatever he's here, so people is that. So I remember one day we was practicing at SMU, and they played a trick on me. They was like, "Yo, um, they calling you in the office." So when they call you in the office, hey, get them, they gonna oh. chop your head off. <laughs> so I went up in there. I was like, "Yeah, they told me you was look, yeah, yeah, call me in, Then yeah, whatever." Right. You know what I mean? We going in here, and um, oh no, just get get dressed for practice. You know, ah. Whatever. That was retarded. You know? <laughs> Why would you make me go in this? So my heart was pumping. I was like, damn, yeah, don't tell me, B. Not right now. This is starting to get good. So whatever, in the practice, in the practice gym, I blocked Montrose's shot. So he felt the type yeah, of Eric way. Eric Montrose. Eric Montrose. Okay. Former so North Carolina guy. He grabs it. I remember I beat it up. He gets it because he's wider than me. And He's what? He's wider than yeah, me. Yeah, he's bigger than me, wider. So he grabs it. I'll never forget. So I'm on this side. He throws his elbow. I'm like, oh, nah, B. Like, I know this dude just ain't hit me with that bow. So, you know, I don't pay it any mind, but I'm like, something ain't right. So I'm going a week. I, I did another week, and I remember I, I had a pat on it. So I'm like, I'm not trying to let that be noticed that I'm I'm going through that. So, um, Whatever, I wound up getting, they called me in the office and I remember everybody was in the locker room. Jay Kidd, everybody was tight. They was like, oh man, we can't believe they, why they cut him? <laughs> I remember Jay Kidd was like, oh, they was like, oh, bring your jersey back. Cause if not, it's a, it's like, it's like theft. If you, if you. Jay Kidd tell you that? No, no, the, the people the, the of, the, of the team, they was like, you can't keep the jersey. They was like, let him, at least let him keep his damn jersey. So the jersey that you gave me, the practice one? Or are you talking that, about the official? That, no, the official oh, one. The so you got the, you got, I got the practice, practice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, um, so the, the guys were a little, they was a little upset. And then, like, I'm, because then now I'm I'm staying with George. So after I got, I got released, George, George is like my big brother. Like, it's like, it's like, all right, wherever you go, before you go, wherever you're going. I remember he told me, yo, you, you can stay here with me. You ain't, you ain't got to go nowhere, dude. You just got to wait and see what's, yo, trust me, I had a lot of angels on my hip. Wow. Yo, that's what's up. Yo, I'm so, telling you, like, yo, your luck That's streak, so bro. dope, man. Yeah, so I've had a lot of dudes, like, to this, like, it, inside it breaks me because I'm like, yo, I don't really deserve all that. So. You know what, though? I don't know if this is the case, man. I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe your, your parents or somebody prayed for you heavy, bro. Yeah, like, so I, I don't know. know. I, so it must have been some heavy prayers because I'm telling you, I remember when I got released. It was already there anyway, too, because he just, the way I, you know what I mean? The way I moved. Yeah. And then yeah. he just loved the way, like, he, like I, re- I always remember George and D. Hart would mm. say, we love the way you go because you go hard, B. You know what I mean? And so that, that they gravitated towards me because of that. You know what I mean? And so it was like, I always used to be like, but why? I, I, well, whatever. I, I didn't know the answer to it, mm-hmm. but I said it has it has to be me. Something about me is that they gravitate to me. So whatever. To make the long story short, we're there in the gym and we're like shooting around, and um, I'm still around the guys because I'm there, and um, they uh they pulled me to the side. It was like, look, whenever you're at vet camp, you're not supposed to get cut if you get injured. And then you just got your, your box rocked by Eric Montrose. So I'm like, yo, so if you get injured, so I'm like wondering why, how they still sending me money if I already got cut. 
So now it made sense to me. So one dude that's an agent was like, come over here. Let me speak to you. Boom, boom, boom. And he told me. He said, you better call your agent and tell your agent that, um, that um you got that you're not supposed to get released, but he should know that. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? Why do I gotta tell him? Yeah, so I mean you should be on a, so then George is like, Yeah. So they all telling me this. Cause I'm I don't really know about contracts like that. So I figured it out. I said, yo, I'm gonna call this brother. So I called him. You know what this dude had the audacity to tell him? He says, um, yeah, it's true. And by the way, <laughs> Uh, we didn't want to tarnish our relationship with the Mavericks. So basically, you telling me I ain't good enough? Wow, busted, bro. The business. Yeah. So so he I, used you as a scapegoat. Yeah. Basically. So I was like, yo. So if literally, if they would have left me to recuperate, that time my ribs there and I get it shaped and I'm working out with it, I know I would have made that team mm-hmm. easy. But you think that, that at that moment in time when the cut happened, your ribs played a role in the way it affected your game? Yeah, it affected my game, but it was it was just not that. I think that I, if I went that far, if if anybody goes that far, I think after like week three, and then we had Jim Clemens, and then we didn't have no real general manager there. Like Jim Clemens is uh, uh, Phil Jackson's. Like, yes. The, yeah. the, yes. So yes. it was his first time as a coach. I didn't think he was a good coach. I remember, yeah. You know what I mean? They were like, trash. Dallas yeah, was yeah, trash yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah. I remember so, that. I mean, you got all that talent and you don't know what to do with it. So let me ask you a question. If you were cut, who was the last person that made the rap? That so you know who made it? Eric Strickland, the little guard from oh, Nebraska. Lefty. Stocky yeah, yeah. dude. So it was me, E. Strick. So it was crazy. Nah, he was he solid. You know what I mean? E. E. Strickland was solid. Nah, he was alright. He was alright because you were supposed to make it. Yeah, but it, it was alright. It, it was it was whack because I was like, dang, dude, like, how you gonna tell somebody that? But real quick though, did they need a guard or a center or like did need play a role? But so I think this is what it was when they when they brought Fred Roberts in. Fred Roberts was on his tail end of his career. Okay. You know he won with the Celtics. Right. Yo, look, look, look. All that shit is a fraternity, B. Yeah. And so depending, if you fit that mold, that's what it's gonna that be. That makes sense. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't really know that. And so if if someone winds up liking you. Like San Antonio, San Antonio told me straight up and down, we love you, Jaime, but we bought you here so people could get a look, a good look at you, but we, we, we don't have room for you. San Antonio. Yeah, you know, so I already knew what was going on. So they did, he didn't have to tell me, the agent didn't have to tell me, but it's like, for, for example, you, got, you go to court, right, but you don't have a, a lawyer, mm-hmm. so they, they give you a defendant, right? right defendant. So this is a public defendant, so this is what they do. Agents, they know to make money, they have to be attached to the system. Right. So if they're not attached, if they don't have different teams they're working with, they don't make no money. Mm-hmm. So they know if they want to keep that plug and tapped in, they always got to keep that rapport. Yeah. So, for example, you may have, let's say I got five bigs, right? And I know they're all talented, right? Mm-hmm. So what they would do, like my agent, for example, this is my top big, but three, three, four, from two, from two to four, it's a toss-up, even with the top dude. You know what I mean? He ain't like that either, but this is how they play it. If I'm going to get that real money for that big, for that top dude, I'm shopping him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm focusing on him. I'm focusing on him. And whatever crumbs kind like also, you don't really know what's look, look, when they make deals for you, even in Europe, you don't know if, for example, I got this rapport with this team for years. I'm telling you my worth, but I really don't have a worth. Yeah. We don't. If we really look at it, they we make like, it up. we love we love labels. You know what I mean? Right. Your worth can't be a mill. It can't it's unfathomable. You can't it's you can't even fathom your wealth. You know what I mean? So regardless, we in this system, so this is what's going on. Let's say I say to him, look, you know, this year I made two hundred thousand, three, next year I had a great season. I want I want I want four, three fifty, four, whatever. The team could give you that. But your agent is gonna tell them, look, man, so you could use that money in a different direction. He wants four, but he gonna lowball you so he can get some of that bread. Right. You just don't see that happening though. <clears throat> so now he'll tell the dude, look, he's not gonna take three fit, he wants. 320, 425. Mm. So I'm gonna tell him the most you could give him is 380, 390. The rest of that, I need that. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's a hustle. It's a hustle. So, so you don't wanna give him this, so I'm gonna bring it here. And so I'll bring it here. And I squeeze and the you middle. G- give me that. And plus, he still gotta give me a 10%. Yeah. Damn. But you're not seeing none of that. And then the sad thing about it is when you get cut, homeboy, <laughs> they cutting you. And they don't, they, your agent, what your agent? I don't need you to report that to me. Right. So that's why I got to get into the ball stuff. I got to, I got to lead kids in the right direction because at the end of the day, these kids are going to get bamboozled. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Well, I've seen it just for myself. First of all, if I was just totally different and I'm happy, it's like I told my best friend, Ice. I said, Ice, if I would have been in the league, I would have been a straight animal, B. Mm. As a player, you mean? Or oh, as a person, because it's a dirty game. Right. So you mean like you feel... It would have corrupted. It, it would have corrupted me. So maybe that's... that's yeah, it was a blessing. It was a blessing that I went to Europe. I learned different languages. I played... I played nine years in Spain, four in France, um, one in Italy, and it was great because I could go always back to Europe. I can go anywhere. I got friends everywhere. People That's call dope. me like, yo, Han, when you going to come by? Chill. You got a patch of chilling. Yo, it's, it's priceless. You know what I mean? So man. my thing is, like, I don't bug out. Like, right now, I was telling your brother, I'm about to shoot to Spain to uh, re- renew my passport, and the only thing I need to have is my plane ticket. I don't got to worry about no food, no house. Stay. Nah, I ain't got to worry about that. So all that is priceless, B. So tell me, so tell me, you, you, you spent a while overseas. In Spain, you spent the majority yeah. of, of that international career. What were, what were the highlights? Like, I know we talked about yeah. Leon as a, as a significant piece. Right. But, like, can you take us through that, that aspect of, of your career? All right, so when I first, I remember the first time, I was going through one of those spells, you know, when you leave your agent, things just get rocky, B. Mm-hmm. So this dude was trying to talk to me. So I was talking to this kid. He was French, and he wind up. I was like, a tryout, nigga. Tryout? <laughs> you serious? A tryout? Practice? Yeah, practice, tryout, whatever. So he said, I'm going to get you a contract. 
is you're gonna be on a trial, and then I'm like, my brother, I, I just played in pro A. This is pro B. Like, you serious? Whatever. So I get there, and it was at breast. We're playing three on three. I'm like, I'm thinking <laughs> this is preseason, and you only got six dudes here. <laughs> out of here. I'm like, God, get me, please get me out of here. Wait, where was this? In breast. Where's that? In France. Okay. So I'm sitting there. And the, the Asian I was talking to you about, the Spanish one, that. Mm. Uh, I'll get to the story. Right. So I'm in the gym, and, and I get this anonymous, anonymous phone call from somebody. Say, oh, somebody's calling you. I was like, word? So at, I get you're a, at the gym practicing. At the gym practicing three on three with these dudes. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to get out of here. So whatever this phone call is, I hope it's that. <laughs> so the dude, Jose Antonio, that I got, he calls me. He says, yo... You, I've been after you all this time, and finally, I get a hold of you. I heard you was in France. I got this situation in um, Spain. Would you come? I was like, would I come? How? Yeah. How? <laughs> Save me. Yo, I'm out of here. So, yeah, I get to, to Spain, and I remember Aurelio was my, my coach. Young dude, nervous the whole night. I remember I sat down with him. I told him, look, if we want to have a real successful year, and you want to have a good relationship with me, just be clear with me. Mm-hmm. You Whatever you feel. And, and that year, I was playing by myself. There was no other American there. And um, I did my thing. It was it was great. And um, we didn't make the playoffs by one game because I, I missed two games because I got sick. So whatever. Then my agent, I'm like, why would you send me to Uruguay if I just had a great season, and then he put me, he started me in the lower league, so it was just some shit that was burning me. Right. Like, I'm like this type of caliber of dude, but then I said, since I've already been through so much, I'm going to have to go this route. You know what I mean? Right. I'm a, yo, I'm going this route. I'm going. So that year, I did my thing. And he's like, oh, I got, I got a deal in Uruguay. It's, it's paying pretty good money. I'm like, my brother, but pretty good money? It's a couple of stacks more. It's not that serious. I want to just stay in Spain. This is the league. So I could get to Uruguay. And um, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, my brother, my brother, my brother. Uh, I got to get out of here. I, I can't play in this league. This league is trash. I, I can't play in this league. This is not even me. Then he set up He set up a, he set up a, a tryout in Argentina. I already had a bad experience when I was with the national team when we won the gold in uh, Maracaibo, or Obra Sanitaria, bring me out there. Yo, they had the Colum- the Cuban. So when the Cubans, if they if they hired two Cubans, they would bring the whole team. Mm. So they had these dudes sleeping in a damn locker room. Nah. Homeboy. Then I'm telling you, they had them sleeping in the locker room. So when they signed me to go there, I was like, yo, homeboy, I'm used to a car, move around, an apartment. Yo, these dudes had me sleeping in the locker room hearing drip. Blick, blick, blick. Uh, I was torture. like, yo, I was like, my brother made it. Check, no check. I'm out of here. <laughs> so when the dude, when the dude, when the dude tells me, oh, go to, you could go to Argentina. Yo, I pray so much. That's when 9-11 happened. Yeah. I'm in the room. I go, man, okay, please. I want to get out of here. You know I mean? So I got one of them getting two, two, two deals. I had a six-figure deal and, um, Montpellier in France, and, and not too much of a big, it was a decent deal in Spain. So I wanted to go back to Spain just because. 
I said, and then it's funny, I spoke to a friend of mine, her name is Camille. Her mother was like, oh, Amy, you got to go where you're going to be happy at. Mm -hmm. The money's not really, if you're going to be happy, you're going to do well. So I wind up, I want my ex-coach from Guadalajara, he went back to his town and he was coaching. He was like the kid that was playing there. He got caught with some weed in his blood. So they cut him. He was like, yo, want to come? I was like, do I? And what town, what town was this? This is Guadalajara in Spain. So um, <laughs> I was like, I'm dead, man. So I wanted to. And that was the lesser of the two deals that, that yeah, we were taking. Yeah, I took the, the work. You know, it was like probably. It was like a, it was like probably a hundred and change compared to what I was making. Mm. Less. Less. Right. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't, cause I'm thinking I'm gonna make this up. Mm -hmm. right. So I, I'm, I'm breaking down, I'm breaking, breaking barriers. So I'm like, all right, whatever. This is what this dude could, could get me. This is some bullshit. Excuse right. my language, but it was um, I was like, I don't get this. You after me and you telling me I'm this type of player. You gotta step your game up, dude. Right. I just so I came back to that same league, and we ripped it. I ripped it. I was the only American. We made the playoffs, and we um we lost in the playoffs. So cool. Then that following summer, I went to DR. So I'm waiting for a deal. Boom, boom, boom. You man. were playing in DR that summer, or you yeah. were just hanging out? No, I went. So okay. after the season, I went and played with in the, the national league. team. Uh, yeah, I, I think we probably did something, but I went and played with the league. Okay. So I played. I had an amazing summer. I'm like, yo, I can't wait for these dudes to call me back. So they, yo, they call me, yeah, we got you the job in Complutense. I was like, yo, I don't care, yo. Whatever it is, I'm going to make up for it when I'm done with all this. Right. So I was like, all right, that's what it is. That's just solo numero. Lenya. So I'm not going to argue with him because I already know what he's going to tell me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I already know what they're going to know. I was like, all right, no problem. I'll call him on the phone. I'm going to stick this league for la larga. I told him, yeah. I was like, yo, you see what I'm going through all this, my brother? You going to put me through all of this? So I'm like, nah, 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 nah. So whatever. Exactly what I said I was going to do, it started developing. Boom, I started. But I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. So I'm leading the, I'm leading the league in valoration on points, valoración. Okay. So they tally that, and that's so that at the end, who has the the highest valoration, they um they're the MVP of the league. So so what? They just they accumulate they come the points? accumulate points and everything you do on the court. And they tally it up, and they tally that up. So it's like if you so I was the I was not the lead. Yeah, I led the league in rebounding. Okay, okay. And then um I average I don't know if it was like 13, 14 points. So I was doing my thing, mm -hmm. and so like I was saying before. My boy Magic Lampy wind up getting on the team. Mm -hmm. The one that played with the Knicks. Uh -huh. I don't know if you know who he is. I don't. Well, whatever. He he want, he was playing with Real Madrid. So on the Real Madrid, he wasn't playing. So they got him out of Sweden. And um, because a lot of pro teams do that, they go get young kids. They they lock them into these contracts. Mm -hmm. so, Lampy. 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 He was European? Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. The tall white kid. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. my man. Oh, damn, you know everybody. So, <laughs> whatever. So, he gets down on the team, right? And so, the actual people that bought him on the team were my agents. The ones that got... So, I had the same agent Gasol had. Oh, okay. But so, what happened was, Arturo had other people deal... So, if he didn't feel like, quote-unquote, you were the caliber of player that he needed to deal with, he, he'll have his other... Other guys deal with him. So Jose Antonio was dealing with me. Right. So 
Lampy gets on the team, but I'm balling. And um, he gets there, and we start balling. Balling, balling, balling. He starts getting a lot of NBA looks. Looks. Yo, everybody's fine to come see this kid. I said, yo, get ready, B. You said that you, you was in the, he's, in his age group, he was like top five, top six, seven. Mm -hmm. I said, when you finish here, you're going to see how many, you got to go at splitter. You got to eat splitter, Santiago splitter up. We wanted to play in him. He ate him to cookies, yeah. B. <laughs> so his stock just shot up. And so Tiago Splitter. Tiago, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from Brazil. Yeah, yeah. So he I, did? Yo, he went to work on him. I remember. We, and then we had to wind up going back down there and play him again because something happened. He gave him like 20 and change. And yo, so he was going at him. So his stock was just rising. So I was like, look, I'm going to keep it official with you. You high right now? You got, oh, he had all the tools. The only thing he was... He ain't really like that contact. Right, Even he to was, this day, he's, he's European. Yeah, he's a little soft. But they, a lot of Europeans ain't soft. Yeah. They got, you know what's beautiful about the European basketball and the way they do things? They teach you how to play the game accordingly. Mm -hmm. And they drill you that way. And so most people, oh, look at that. Because here, you got a bunch of dudes that are very athletic, but dumb as shit. Yeah. That's a good point. No, I mean, yeah, I, they I, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, if I had to choose, I'd say the European style of basketball is the yeah. way it should be taught. It should be taught I agree. That way. Regardless of athletic, I think we I, fall in love with athleticism that doesn't mean and strength and yeah, brute force, yeah, but it's, it's really it's dumb as brain. Yeah. yeah, dumb as nails. So I agree. So, when Lampy's going through um, so he really like he he confounded he 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 really he really trusted me a lot. Like even his parents were there, and he like if he made a decision, I was always in the mix. Mm -hmm. So they all knew that. They all they was like, oh, he's always with him. You know them niggas, them, they ain't no good. They'll be following you. Don't know what was going on. Hmm. So. Lampy was really getting a lot of attention, and so I was in the forefront of all of that. So he was like, yo, I trust you like that. My agent process, you gotta you gotta be in that. So I was like, yo, my hermano, we're gonna do this. So I can't pick him for you, but I'm gonna tell you if he a crap. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna filter him out for I'm you. I'm gonna filter him out for you. He, yeah, I already know what this dude is about. And I used to see, I look at him right in the eyes, I mean like, yo, this, this dude is a clown, B. <laughs> He's just trying to make some bread off of you, like everybody else. But somebody's gonna be more honest about it. Yo, look, I'm trying to make some bread off of you, baby. Right. Right. Yo, it would be, it'd be beautiful yeah. if dudes spoke like that. Look, my brother, I love what I see in you. I can make money with you. Mm -hmm. Yo, my mom, I, can, I respect you for that. Yeah. So, whatever. So, we going through the process. So, he wind up signing, and I wind up signing with his agent. So, when they saw that, they was like, word. So, the, my agent, is my Spanish agent. He it don't matter who I spent who I signed if it's an American agent or not. So I don't know if they got mad at that. But they got mad because Lampy signed. So I was telling them that I got hurt in the playoffs. So in the playoffs when I got hurt, they was like, oh, this is the right moment to stick it to him. So the whole from the GM to everybody that was in management was a part of that agency. So everybody that was working for the team was a part of that agency. Hmm. They was they was either being represented by that agency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they was all in cahoots. So when I got hurt, I couldn't really play. So um, they was like, oh, perfect, because now we really going, 
We gonna we gonna stick it to him. So Lampy um signs with the dude and um he's trying to get out of his clause, but Real Madrid put a two point four buyout. Mm. So nobody really wanted to touch him. Mm. But behind the scenes, I was getting smoked. <laughs> Peterson, this, that, this, that. Like the blah, media blah. out there, or what? Yeah. Why? Why? So, the, so, a matter of fact, the um, the Arturo Ortega that now they call him a thief because he was stealing money from Gasol and all these uh, dudes. So it also you do something to me, yeah, it's gonna come out in the right. wash. So they um. When it happened, they was like, uh, I was telling your brother that they was um, there was a big bonus, a lot of money put because they was like this team is not gonna do that well. They're not gonna do that well. Well, this we did, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so they eating me up, blackballing me. So I had I had a, the agent, the 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 lawyer that I had was Lampy's people, and he wanted taking a liking to me. So we we had a tight rapport. That was the one that helped me with my passport. He he was the one that took me to the hospital. So I was like, look, first of all, and this is why I get so pissed off at the whole thing. If you sign a contract, right, how can you breach a contract when you get hurt and the team doesn't take you to the hospital the next day? Don't you think you need to take yourself to the so, hospital? So that's that's what they accused you that's, of? But it was all crap. Right, right, right. It was all crap. So, they, it, so sorry. So they said, so you get hurt. And they use that as like, oh wait, you breached the contract because you didn't take yourself to the hospital. Cause, cause, cause I took myself to the hospital. Oh, instead of letting them, them do, do it. it. But why? They weren't doing. No, nah, but why I'm gonna? If we got a game on Tuesday, I need to know what's going on with my leg. Right. But luckily, like I was telling him, I'm really close to one of the most prestigious sports family in Spain. So the brother was Mama Sue's. So his brother was the president of the players on federation, um, basketball um, association. So he um, he was like, Paco, Paco said to him, what's the problem here? No, yo, this kid right here is legit. Don't worry about it. Said it on mio personal. This is a situation. They trying to stick it to him. Well, yo, you know Spain is a racist country. Mm. You know that. Ima, that if you're Dominican, and you know how to speak the language. And so you know what it was? They come finagle me, though. You know what I mean? I done seen enough. And so it was so bad that my agent even told me, yo, I can't even dirty my hands with you, homeboy. This whole operation is bigger than me. <laughs> he told me that straight up and down. You sound like the mafia. Yo, he told me straight up and down. He was like, yo, there's nothing I could do, there's nothing I could do for you. Yo, so I said, all right, cool. So my man's brother, Mama Sus Paco's brother, um, Jose Luis Llorente, he says, look, every every team, if the budget is four, if the budget is two mil, they gotta put up four. So to cover any expenses, if they owe anybody, so on and so forth, and then somebody puts out a claim on them, they can't retire that money. So he told me, look, all those um um because they 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 uh they what they call them epidientes like. They, they had some complaints on me that I did this, that. But it was so they wouldn't pay me that bonus that they owe. So they owe me like, it was like a 20, like the bonus was like 20. I wound up getting like 18, like 15 or 18 I got. But the whole thing in total, we would have won the whole thing. It was like 20 something. Hmm. So whatever, to make the long story short, he tells me, 
um, what you have to do is you gotta you gotta contest all these complaints, right? And then notarize, go to the notary and get them notarized. So we did that, and then write a letter to the federation that they owe you such and such. So he said, send it two weeks before they get it, before they retire the money. Mm. So as soon as I send that letter, oh, I grit that letter. Hey, you man, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? We're gonna give you your money. I was like, no, 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 I want it all. Right. Because I already know what y'all going to do to me. No half-stepping. Nah, so I said, look, if I'm going to go for broke, I'm going to go for broke. Because right. y'all already blackballed me here. So I had everybody I had everybody in the top league loving me. But I didn't know all of this because I was getting pooped on. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm done. I mean, they closed literally every door. They try to close every door on me. Wow. So I was wondering why this was happening. I was like, nah, boom, boom, boom. So... It killed my passport of me getting my passport the following year to wait in four years to get it. So if I would have got my Spanish passport, I would have already been playing in Spain as a as a European, but it wouldn't count that as American. So my stock would have been even, it would have mm. shot off the roof. Right. So I was like, all right. So, so this role to get in there, I'm like, look. <laughs> it's like dismantling in front of my face. Mm. So I'm like... So I remember I'm there, I think I stayed there till I came home the day of my mom's birthday, July 21st. But yo, they was trying to take the rented car from me. I had to park in different places so they wouldn't find me. <laughs> I was like, no, because if you're not going to dance with me, I'm going for broke, man. Right. You was, you <laughs> no, was running rogue no, out there. No, what? And then I had the city on lock. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I was up the hill out. from the Dominicans. I had it all right. So... Whatever, to make the long story short, they blackballed me, and I finally got a job in Italy. And from all that stress, I was telling them that, yeah, I almost died in Italy. I um, I caught a kidney infection. Oh. So it was just all the stress, just the whole, the whole, it just wore me out, man. And, and it was just like, I was like, man, you serious? So I got over the sickness. My mom came over there to see me. This shit was like a miracle because I didn't think I was going to play ball for a while. The doctor said it was going to take six months. Hmm. And then I wound up coming back in like in a month and a half and went to work. And so I came, I, I wind up that year. I had to wait till I went to Italy. I had to wait there for a little bit with my ex. And then I wound up getting a job because my boy Floyd Miller got hurt. So you know Yanaimi, the one that plays for Washington? Yeah. I played with him. The Knicks was giving him the business the other day. Who are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Who's Mahimi. Mahimi. Oh, yeah. Sir. So we, we wound up playing together that year in, in La Havre. And um, I, I wound up having a real good season. But I couldn't really get back to Spain like that because, you know, the back and forth. So I was like, whatever, whatever. So then the following year, that agent, Arturo, he saw me, right? And he said, yo, you look great. Like, forgetting what they did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whatever. They got a hold. So I guess the lawyer was doing some work with some of their players. And he probably was letting them know, yo, Pearson is about to get his, his passport. So I went down there to do some things for my passport. So my old coach, my first two-year coach from Guadalajara and Placencia, he said, yo, I'm not going to do come Come to Guadalajara. I need to talk to you. So this is all, it all unfolds. Because he was the lawyer, he was doing all the legal work of the agency. So he sat down with me, he said, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you, and I'm gonna be honest with you. 
the reason why they did all that to you was because Lampy signed with another another agent. Oh. And they got mad because you were his confidant. Yeah, but they, because that money that they was going to make off of him, now they're not making mm-hmm. it. And so they the, thought you swayed him in that yeah, direction. Yeah, nah. And so I was like, but I ain't had nothing to do with that. Right. I ain't had nothing to do with that. And so, like I was telling your brother the other day, so the reporter that did all this writing, I took all that information from the doctor, right? And I was like, oh, I told him, how could you write anything about someone like that? Knowing what you're doing to his career, mind you, you don't know if it's true or not. Mm. So I said, look, I want to sit down with you and have some lunch and discuss some things with you. So I had that nice yellow portfolio with all that info there. The doctors, yeah, records, doctors, and all that. records, like the uh, ex- explaining exactly the diagnosis of what, what my injury was, and he's eating a burger, and I did it purposely while he got the burger in his mouth. <laughs> and I said, "Mom, yeah, read that." Yep, yep. He started choking. Well, I said, "Nah, yeah, it'd be easy now." <laughs> he says, "How could I change this?" I said, "There's nothing you could do now." Right, it's done. It's done. So I told him I'm gonna see if I can get him the article. Peter saying Rumbal Okay. Uh, to the ACB to the top league. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny. So I go to I go to Italy for one year, two years to uh, to um, France, and I do well. And um, I could have stayed in France. And then I was like, Nah, if I'm gonna get my passport. Let me go back to Spain. So I go back to deal with these same crooks mm-hmm. again. He's calling me, you know. I already know what's going on. Acting like nothing happened. Yeah, like nothing happened. So I'm like, yo, I just want to get back. Right. I'll get back. So that year that that I that year that all that happened to me, I won the MVP of the league. So trust me, when you win the MVP of the lab, you're gonna the next year for sure, you're gonna play in the ACB. That's gonna be because I already knew I was that type of player anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As it got better, I got better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It didn't matter with me. So the year, those three years that I was gone, when I came back, the, the following year, I came back to play in left. But that year, we won the chip. So I was mad influence. So watch how this shit plays out. So the year, I won the MVP. Come on, something got to give. Then I leave for three years, and I come back, and we win a chip. chip yep. Your homeboy, he had two offers on the table for me. I was like, nah, nah, nah. nah. You know what? I'm not going to last too long in this, B. I got to get up out of here. And then, and then I was just like, I had enough. I had enough with the DR stuff. Because it's just so, it's not It's not like, even like when I talk to them about the DR stuff, like they're talking about it now. Like one dude posted something on Facebook. Like he was like, yo, he, he should be there. Like the stuff I've done, not being Dominican by blood, not really, because I'm. You didn't. Well, I wasn't right, born there. You like us, yeah. But, but 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 the way I got down for that country and the way I rep my peoples is second to none. So, with all the accolades I have accumulated in my career, you can't really find nobody that's done the same. Thing. And then the people that I've bring with me to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so when I when I look at it, I don't really. It's like I was telling somebody. I prefer. I hope I make the pearly gates be. That that Hall of Fame, I know I'm not worthy of that, but if I could make the pearly gates of God just to touch the grass, that's sufficient for me. All that other stuff, because in all reality, it's not really going to mean nothing. You're going to get glorified by what people? 
Well, when you say when you say the Hall of Fame, you right. speak the Dominican, Dominican Hall of Fame. Okay, okay. Hall of Fame. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's so, so right now I'm in the mix of getting in. I've, I've been nominated now for two years, and now they they they. So when they nominate you, the first when they when they put you in, in eligibility, in eligibility is a five year eligibility. So the fifth year, if if by the fourth year, the fifth year, they got a you know committee got to get together, whatever. But it's just like it's a joke to me, like. Right. You know what the I mean? Process, like, the process. The whole process. It's a joke because it's not. They're not gonna look at it how they need to look at it. I wanna again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna piggyback off what I said about Pittsburgh. Right. Because I think I feel the more the more like um, the more you have things in place to where your name is there, present, right. elevate. That's more That's like. Funny he says that. No, because it it, it 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 speaks for you, bro. Yeah, like yeah. it's like it's just the gliss. It's the it's the lights for you yeah, already. Yeah. It's like it's the image. It's the illusion. Whatever it is that yeah, they yeah, need yeah, to yeah. see more of. But it's funny you say that. It is. It's funny. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not gonna disagree. But I went to get this award in promise. I'm not gonna say the man's name, but he was like, uh, "Can I have the politics more?" Mm. I'm, they, see, Yo, he told me that I'm taking the picture with him, and he said, "Man, <laughs> 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 I, I, you know what? But it, but it, you know, it, it could be. It doesn't have to be the ass kissing. No, but he. Right. But it's like when he's saying, like I was telling your brother, I, won't, I and eventually I want to start doing camps in DR. Right, like helping the right. kids out, but I want to do it quietly. I don't need to make money. You don't need the spotlight. Yeah. I don't need that, and so because that's the way I did it when I was in DR. Nobody knew I was gonna do what I did in DR. That is comes from a very modest, humble place. Right, but right. but in my opinion, they're looking for. Oh, look what he's doing. Uh, yeah, that's what they're that's looking the, for. That's the Jaime, though. Yo, no, but, but, no, but I'm not speaking on... No, 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 I, know. But I understand, I understand what you I say. I respect, I like, I from, the, from the most G's way possible, right. I respect you right. all deep. Right. Like, right. forget it. Right. But I'm just saying from what you're shooting for right. versus who you are, you know, and he said it himself, you got a politic. Right. That's yeah, a little... They want to see you on the camera. Yeah, yeah. Yo, look, we're, we're running out of time because we, we got to... Can I ask one question? Go, go. You can After ask you. a few questions. All right, right. I just wanna I just wanna make sure we're we're covering a few things. I wanna you've seen a lot in New York. Right. I'm gonna let you but I want you to think about this as you as he asks his question. Right. Top players coming out of New York that you've been able to witness, how how you look at them. And it could be top one, top two, three, whatever you think. I want you to think about that. Because I wanna get your opinion and collect opinions on all the guests to kind of see where we end up at the end of a season. Right. See who, who gets the most votes. How you mean, like top the best players? The that best I've ever players seen? that you either know based on people's opinions that you trust, or that you've actually seen coming out of New York basketball okay, players. Okay. Uh, oh, so this is like what? Like the, uh, he's gonna answer this after? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I want him to get a just put that in his brain. It. Yeah, yeah. But no you, you go ahead. You go. So we always ask this on this show, and I'm very interested. I have a guess, but I want you to answer. But I'm gonna guess first, and then you answer. Right, Ready? Okay. I want to know. Who was the player you most you could compare your game to if there is a person like someone that we would all know if that's person's in the NBA? I usually do NBA because it's like easier to say, okay, I've probably seen this dude okay. as opposed to a guy in college, you know, just because it's just more. Hard to see. So is there a guy that you could say, even if it wasn't exact, but like closest to like you look at him play and say, yeah, like that's similar to what I used to do or something like that? Um. Wait, wait. You gonna guess first, or you want him? Oh to yeah, say yeah, it? yeah. I want to guess first. Okay, go. What do you think? My guess is Kenyon Martin. Mm. 
man. Yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. A, a little bit, but I'm gonna be honest. I'm just kidding. I, I when I used to play, I could rebound the ball. I could, I could finish. Mm-hmm. I could score around the basket. You was a over like yeah, dunking, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. So, so you know, one person that I always just that st- I always loved Derrick Coleman the way he played. No, he's fine. But, but, but I was not like that. But I was more like a Sean Kemp type. Oh. Hello. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm tight. I never got to see yeah, you play. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I used to you still got bungees like that? Yeah, I could run the floor. See, I ain't playing. Yo, I, I take everything I said about sizing was, you up then. Because he was, he was, you know, he, he, he was, he was great because he was so athletic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, That's that, crazy. he had all that, you know what I mean? Right. But, um, you talking no, about Sean Kemp? You feed yeah. in the ball, something dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah, crazy, man. So I heard a story. And I want you to confirm or deny. There was a dunk contest in the Dominican Republic <clears throat> that supposedly you won. Right. And it sounds like your finishing move was you stacked two dumpsters, one on top was, of the other. It was, I forgot what it was. Oh, my it was God. Chairs, and, and it's funny, I had somebody sitting on it, and I was, I was, it was me or Connie Reddy. And, um... I remember uh, I did a few dunks. They were all right, and then um, the last one I did. <laughs> all right, all right. Modest, I, I, jumped, I jumped. I jumped. I <laughs> I think I jumped over somebody, like in the chair or something. I put it. I don't know how far it was, and I dunked in it, and I won it. But oh man, that was an amazing um, like All Star game. And I'm trying to get footage on that right now. But it's so sad. Like in DR, you can't get these There's things. Nothing. Man. There's nothing about nothing. You can't. I'm trying. I asked this one guy. He told me that he's gonna get me all this, all this stuff. Right, but um, it's um, it's crazy that I can't. So if if I come up with anything and I could um, and he could put muster it together, I'll definitely shoot it your way. Yo, let me know. That that'd be dope for for the social and all that stuff to. to yeah, push. I'll definitely do it. I guarantee I'm gonna make a prediction on this show right here, right now. I guarantee the moment that this man gets more popularized with Pittsburgh and all these lights and be- all the bells and whistles are coming your way. I guarantee it. Probably so. Yeah, now I went here, probably so. You take that probably so down the street. I'm, I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure we can contribute to that. That's right. Dribble and die. It's, it's a beautiful story. It's dope. And you, you're one of those people. Like I told you, like you ruined in a good way. You kind of ruined me when I first met you because the humility, the good Yo, kindness. I mean, like that was, and not that I've met other players. Actually, I'm lying. I, recently, I met John Starks, and he was also an amazing person. I got another so, story for John so Starks. I'm kind of spoiled because I know it's not the norm from what people talk about. Um, we're getting kicked out of here, right. so so we're we're a, a fledgling podcast, so we don't have a, a location, but. Um, I want to. I want to finish with, what is Jaime Peterson doing today, and if you wanted to share, social media or whatever have you, how can people reach out and kind of so, see what you're doing? So um, now I'm, I'm, I uh, decided that I wanted to start training kids and coaching, so I'm doing that. And then a few hours during the day, I, I run this juice bar in Mount Vernon. Oh nice! I'm, I'm into I'm into health, so I do that. But for for now, I'm gonna definitely go. Full-fledged with the coaching stuff. I think that that could be influential in kids' life. It's not even about the basketball. It's just you know giving the kids Teaching. discipline, information, information. That's what and it then because at the end of the day, the, the window of basketball of anything you decide to do in life is going to be small. It's small. So you know what I mean. It's just building that rapport and that relationship with a kid 
that you that that I was able to experience when I was a kid, you know, to be able to you know give it off to other kids. I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing, and, and every kid is not going to be a pro, but just that you could be influential in his life. I think that's the most important thing. That's that's so dope. So I'm gonna say here and. and you know, I'm a big believer if you say it, speak it into the universe, chances of it happening are pretty dope. 2019 Dominican Hall of Fame, Jaime Peterson. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're gonna do that. And yeah. guess who's going to be in attendance for that? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely. We're going to be in attendance yeah, for that. We're going to do a, a Along with podcast. our Pittsburgh yeah, gear. We're going to get the Pittsburgh tickets. Yo, I'm already yeah. sizing myself up, yo, man. Yo, Hold yo, on, yo, what size yo, is this yo, shirt? Yo, what this is at least an extra large and a large. Large, large. I need the jerseys. I'm gonna hey, hey, I'm gonna call your mother. This is not over. <laughs> Yo, thank, thanks everybody for listening. Um, check us out at Dribble and Dimes. That's D R I B B L E N D I M E S on all the socials. Uh, yeah, man, this is a pleasure. I'm Emilio the Poet. Yeah, so that's Emilio the Poet, Manny Digital. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribble and Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now.